Welcome back. The Death Wish Month rolls on. Yes, we are on four. We already done three. We will right. keep going over that, but um, a lot of things have changed in this fourth movie. We we're, Canon still Cannon, at the helm. Yeah, Canon got a hold of the series. Yeah, three. Which go check that out. We've already done that. Right. There's a lot of things that are no longer canon in this uh, m- version of Death Wish, like. They're, He's saying canon with the small C. Canon. It's canon with the small C. Yeah. You know, we've, we he's put the milk behind him. That was after he left. Where is he this time? <laughs> He's He, he is LA, back in it? L.A. Back the, in here's LA. a little trivia for you. All the odd numbers are set in New York, and all the even ones are set in L.A. That That's a very convenient way to look at that. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. We've got- also, I learned on IMDb, this is the only movie there's no bare breasts in it. I... Thank you, Canon. I don't know. I didn't realize Canon knew how to control themselves to remove nudity scenes. And this yeah. is the this is the first Death Wish movie where we don't have to talk about you know the the other R, the other hard R. And I'm well, happy. We got to talk about it a little bit. A little but, bit. A little bit. Yeah. But someone was pointing out that over the first three episodes, all we were doing is throwing <laughs> around the R word. It wasn't. I'm not happy about it. It's just we're covering it's the part material. Of, it's half of the movie. We very, should. We it's should. Very gratuitous. On NPR, the pros. You know what they say is, "Hey, some discretion is advised. Your discretion needs to be advised." Well, not here. We're a family show. See, I, I don't think you guys were were constantly talking about the R word. I think the people who commented that you were always talking about it, maybe they've got a little bit of a fixation on that. Maybe that's all maybe. they can remember. That's what I think. And. I mean, I guess we'll just go ahead. Yeah. Everyone already knew we were having a yeah, guest today. That's not, that's not Griffin when it's Chuck nope, Neal. Nobody knows, nobody knows who I am. It's only you two know who I am. <laughs> yeah, of course, we're being, uh, we, like we said, Death Wish Month is all about guests. Our, our finest and best guests we've invited back. It's our buddy Stuart. He goes way back with us. He's our first remote guest. And we've changed recording methods and everything eight (laughs) times since uh, the first time you were on. Not because of me, though, I hope. I hope I'm not causing you guys to change your recorded methods. Only because of how how stressful some of the other methods have made me. So I think I've finally settled on one. And uh, the last few things, if this one goes well, it's it's the it's the method going forward. I do my show with smoke signals. So maybe that's something you want to hear. You want to possibly and dream sequences. That's always good. I like to do my shows oh. doing dream sequences. I like that. I'm a we big were trying, we're fan, thinking about so. doing montage. That's how we're going to do our show. Like Rocky oh, Four type montage. montage. Should we get a bit of Survivor going there? And at what Probably. point is it no longer a montage and just a movie? Because Rocky Four is just a montage, but yeah. it's still the movie. So we, I, I'm confused. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to do Rocky Four and. Then- Break it down. I don't know. We might have to. That's, That's going to be a big the, time investment. Rocky Four is one of the best cinematic experiences I've ever had. So just saying, <laughs> the cinema audience with that. ballistic. They they were stamping their feet. They were shouting. They were cheering. Now normally I'd tell people to shut up if they talk in the movie theater. But back when I was fourteen, watching that film, it was amazing. It it hit you too. It you, make yeah. No, it makes me proud that even British people were just like fucking USA, motherfucker. Yeah. Rocky does that to you. It brings he us does. all together. Unless um, he joins the country club, in which case people don't like him anymore. But, you know, <laughs> yes. who knows what's our, uh, going on that one. <laughs> our one guest, Joe, Joe Coleman, is very inspired by the Rocky series. And if, you, if you're 
uh, following him on any kind of social media, you'll often see him wearing the tiniest red, white, and blue trunks. <laughs> and the Rocky uh, jacket. And he has the Rocky jacket that. as well. So he, he's very happy to show that off and talk about his love of Sly Stallone and Rocky. But, Stuart, I'm glad you brought up going to see Rocky Fourth Theater. I want to know, when you watch a movie, what is – because you watch, based on my count of all the movies you've posted on your Instagram, you watch about eight movies a week. Um, <laughs> so, maybe a little bit less, but yeah, something like Maybe that. a little bit, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I can't imagine you just sit down and you gleefully watch every movie. Like, what? what are you looking for in a movie that helps you kind of avoid – like, if it's a – boring script or something what do you what are you looking for that kind of keeps you going through a movie is it like sets just how they shot scenes rape scenes <laughs> rape scenes oh yeah i have my own little rape <laughs> section in my uh, dvd library no <laughs> if a film is terrible after half an hour i'll switch it off but generally i will watch most oh. movies i i went out last year and bought a projector one of these little oh, nice. in my house. So during the, the global pandemic of 2020, 21, 22, and 23, I've been watching films on the projector. So I've been going back and watching Death Wish 4, for example, on Netflix, on a 120-inch <laughs> wall. It's been amazing. Very nice. Yep. What's the last movie you quit, like, after a half an hour? You can't get through That's it. Good question. Um, that is a very good question. It was Rob Zombie's House of Salem. Which I could not get into. Oh. Lords of Salem, Lords of Salem, that one. Yeah, not the yeah. not the oh, House okay. of Salem. It's a different version. Yeah, Lords of Salem. Yep. Not a not a Rob Zombie fan here. I no, I am I a Rob bl- Zombie fan. I'm just not. I couldn't gel with You're that, that one. for some reason. I just didn't like that. But no, I am a Rob Zombie fan. The last film, however, I did watch on the projector last night was Cannon's uh, Runaway Train, starring John Voight and Eric Roberts and the first ever appearance of Daddy Trail. So that was an absolute treat to watch on the big screen. Uh, aren't you forgetting one actor, an actor that we're going to talk about for another hour? Mr. John Cursey! P. Mr. Ryan. <laughs> He's amazing. Yep. He was in it too. He was, and he was great, just like he's great in this movie. I'm just glad that now the global pandemic is over because Trump is no longer in office. As soon as he left office, it stopped. I I got my shot. Hey, hey, did you get your vaccination yet, Stuart? No, I'm booked in for my first one on the 3rd of May. So there we go. So I'm looking oh, forward to that. Yeah, he's good. Me in the arm, yeah. Perfect stranger. We'll calm you down. We'll talk about the side effects you've experienced, yeah. Tim. What hell, hell on earth. Hell on earth. I couldn't breathe. My ears are really hot, and they and they're like peeling, like I have sunburn on my ears, and really? my are tongue. You I think my tongue has swollen to three times the size, and it's contracted back today. Seriously, the ear thing is very real. Oh. I don't know what that I is. Heard, I'm kind of nervous. I heard the second dose is when you get hit. If yeah, you get, Every, if you get hit, I've, everyone I've I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everyone I know has got the second already. They had like flu like symptoms, hundred plus fever. Yeah, so we might not have an episode in two weeks from now when yeah. we get we get our second shot. It seemed like I mean, it was just a day or two. But I'm I'm not worried about side effects because it can't be any worse than that piece of shit Chuck Norris film you made me watch for an episode a while back. Uh, <laughs> what, what was, was what was that? Oh, Silent rage. Silent rage. Silent rage. <laughs> so any side effect how. is not going to be as bad as that. I can't believe you're bringing that up when we made you watch Speed 2, for Christ's sakes. Speed, Speed 2, 2 had, better. what's his name, though? Uh, Defoe? Yeah, William the leeches in yeah. it. So. William Defoe was yeah. great. Oh, and the leeches. Yeah, William Defoe saved that movie. Well, Chuck I was listening, has nothing. 
I finished your Death Wish 2 episode on uh, on iTunes, and I've now subscribed to your YouTube channel. So there you go. I can go back and oh. listen to all the episodes that I think I've missed, but See. I don't think I missed any. And uh, <laughs> you mentioned that I was on the Speed 2 episode. I was like, oh, shit, yes, I was. I'd, I'd, I had blotted that out of my brain that I was talking <laughs> Speed 2. <laughs> A <laughs> lot of these movies, yeah. We're on all of them, and we're like, wait, we did this? <laughs> <laughs> Next it? week, we're doing Death Wish 3. No, we've already done that. Shut up. We did that yeah. one. <laughs> we've done that one. God's sake. Someone with the Star Trek woman with her boobs out. Oh. Uh, that's right. That's that's right. That's, that's right. I'm so excited. Usually I put a bunch of topics together and everything, but Stuart, he's always bringing his A-game to this show. Right. So- well, he knows. This is for all the marbles. One of these guests, we love all these guests. They're like our children. They really are. But one's got to go. Yeah. You know, so. I hear it's like that movie Sophie's Choice. And I love Choice. the fact that everyone's <laughs> taking it seriously and bringing their A-game. And you, like you said, Stuart, he brought something to the table. Yeah. Stuart, what, what did you hit us with? Death Wish 4, the crackdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hit you with. No, you, we're, trying to, we're trying to set you up for your bit where you had a question for us. Oh, I wanted to know what your favorite British films are. Oh, wow. Oh. Funny that you asked that. Yeah, yeah I wasn't even prepared. I'll just have to <laughs> rattle off three in my brain. Me Should neither. I just it? came up with that question just right now. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for three. Now, should we do it one, one, like go back and forth? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right. Do you want to go off? Do you want to start off? Uh, no, why don't you go ahead? All right. Since uh, this is, and this movie is very appropriate for the movie we're doing today, I figured. Oh, I know what you're going to say. The, I think it was weekend, the, is it? the star-studded, <laughs> the, the movie that put this guy on the map, Tom Hardy, Bronson. That's my my first choice. What what is it about that movie? Because well, that was I knew you were going to pick that one, so I just I threw it in there as it was one of my options. Yeah. Um. Well, it, and do you did you know who this guy was, Stuart? Like, apparently he's this notorious British guy. Like, I've never heard of this guy till the movie. Yeah. He's yeah, like it's, just like, bear- it's just like a crazy person who, who doesn't seem to like rules, and he decided, yep. I'm going right. to change my name to Charles Bronson because I like the movie star, and that's why he's called Charles Bronson. Um, right. And then the filmmakers, it's uh, Nicholas Reffin, who did Drive. He wanted to make a film about Bronson. Tom Hardy wanted to do it. He met the real Bronson, uh, the Charlie Bronson. He went, no, he's not doing it. He's too skinny. Tom Hardy goes away, comes back all bulked up, and he's like, yes, he's me. He can play me. Uh, oh, it's this batshit crazy films. It, it is a fantastic film. I yeah. love that one. I watched it again because I was like, I know Murray's going to pick this one because it's obvious. Tom Hardy, right? He's got his wiener out and everything. <laughs> like exactly he puts it, it all yeah. on the line. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not literally kidding. puts it on a line. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I, I have like nine different movies to go with here. All but two of them had dicks in them. Like you guys, <laughs> you guys throw your dicks in everywhere, and I'm cool with that. Like Americans, we're we're all prude about dicks. Like even okay, Bronx- no, there's there's been a lot of dicks lately. We're, we're, it's kind of been a shift now. Okay, okay. So, so we Trump, 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 Trump. He was a dick. Um. <laughs> don't blame us. But, I mean, not, not, not gratuitous. We don't tend to whip our dicks out. Not he, he was the most gratuitous president we ever had. You're right about that. All Look right. Who we've got running our country. And we're not going <laughs> to laugh at you guys too much. Yeah. We've got one who can't even comb his hair. <laughs> right. I don't. What is that? Like, I, I we can't know. talk. Trump's hair was pretty rough, too. But yeah. he looks like he just gets up, frizzes it up, and then it's like, yes. Sticks his wiener in a plug socket and just that's his hair. Right? <laughs> it was all young Einstein. 
Shit. He probably saw Death Wish 2 and at the end where Nirvana punches the Or he watched Twin Peaks and you know they did the same thing on there in the third season. I think the giggler from Death Wish 3 run off with his comb. That's what I like to think. <laughs> He's got to find somebody fast enough or somebody with a wildy. Yes. Yes. All right. I'll, I'll go ahead, break in with my first movie. This is where gratuitous is very, very acceptable word to use because it stars Scarlett Johansson and she's naked in it. Sounds good. Very gratuitous. It's called Under the Skin. Um, I hate that film. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've never seen it, so I'll it's be switching around. Have you yep. ever watched a film, Barry, when you're watching it and you go, I have no clue what's going on in this film at all, but I can't press yes. stop? It's kind of like uh, that. Yes. You're like, I don't even know what's yeah. going on. I don't know. I it was it was too long. It would have been better if they shortened it up. It's like you get kind of what's going on after the first half an hour, but they continue yeah. to do the same repeated thing. And they're just completely coasting on the fact that and I want I was hoping Scarlett Johansson was gonna do a lot more than just get naked, but then it's just like I mean, at least she's in her underwear. Like I'm okay <laughs> with this, but still. Um like the special effect, uh, there's a trash lodge in it, Murray. Oh, I like that. Yeah, exactly. And so there's people like sinking into it. A lot of cool stuff, but yeah, stretched out, just long, slow, quiet. It was. That's every movie now. Every movie's stretched out. Yeah. So if they condensed it, I think it would have been cooler. But yeah, no, Stuart's right. It's not It's not the greatest one. But <laughs> That's how low he thinks the greatest the film. <laughs> well, I wanted to really get to the gratuitous bit. Okay. I have a lot of stuff on here. I mean, okay. I could talk about Odd Man Out, but, you know, that's a three-hour movie from the 40s. Okay. Could have. I could have. Go okay. on. Am I next? Yep. Well, I... Grew up on Hammer Horror. I love Hammer Horror. Christopher Lee is my Dracula. Peter Cushing is my Dr. Frankenstein. So I had to pick a British horror movie. But this isn't a Hammer movie. But it came out in the 70s. It has a, it's set in England. It has a British cast, but it stars an American. And that movie is Feeder of Blood starring Vincent Price. That's a good movie. Vincent yeah, Price is a, is a Shakespeare. <gasps> oh, you should check it out. Shakespeare. You haven't seen Theater of Blood? I have not, but I'm writing it down, so I will watch it. Vincent Price is a Shakespearean actor. It's, it's, it came out in like 71 or 72. He's a Shakespearean actor. And, you know, in the 70s, it's all about method acting. So everyone was like gripping on him, saying he sucked and everything. So he fakes his death. And then he comes back and kills all his critics in Shakespearean ways. So I think he like gouges somebody's eyes out for King Lear. You know, he does that kind of shit. It's, it's really fun. Okay. Great movie or that one this one uh i i actually just watched it this morning it was suggested to me by a uh, good pen pal of mine chris so thank you chris for the suggestion split second starring rutger motherfucking howard god he would he he was kind of doing like a marv thing from sin city he's just this big guy who's always wearing like big trench coats oversized leather pantaloon <laughs> things with like crisscross uh suspenders um all over the place just it was weird he 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 hears heartbeats like in the distance he just hears them so he's constantly you get like a muffled uh environment sound and then you just hear a heartbeat and he's like pulling out a gun and this is my favorite part about it because Stuart probably could tell us all about all the crime that's running all over the place over in you know the united kingdom and everything because your cops don't—they don't run around with guns and military equipment like our cops, right? 
I mean, in my town over the weekend, somebody dropped some litter. True story. Dropped wow. some litter. Dropped yeah, Bronson some litter, didn't even pick it up. Yeah, Bronson, Bronson would have killed him. Bronson would have shot him yeah. in the dick for that one. So finally, after uh, the climate crisis has ruined the world, and now we're in like 1992 in split second, it's just hell on earth. But they finally given the cops what they need to enforce justice. So Rutger is an insane human being who only eats chocolate and drinks coffee with like a cup of sugar. And he's running around just shooting at ghosts in his head. And they're like, we gotta get we gotta get him back on the floor. His name also is Harley. So just like Harley Davidson, there's Harley shit all over. There's a Harley Wait, in so his fucking house. He's a British cop, but he carries a gun. That's yeah. that was the thing. Gun. Yeah, they yeah. finally gave cops their guns. Oh, so it's and, a futuristic movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I I love it because he gets teamed up with like a prep school Oxford you know graduate who's into the psychiatry Manhunter yeah. you know type yeah. character. And so you're thinking that they're, they're going to, like, meet in the middle somewhere. No. His partner's like, I see the light now. We need guns. Huge guns. And they get, like, fucking giant-ass chain guns. And they're running around gunning his whole fucking house down because he saw a rat. Great movie. Very entertaining. Good choice, okay. Chris. Yep. Thank you for the suggestion. That one. I'm glad you watched it. It's a great film. <laughs> my choice for my number one British film is... Story of the first king of England, Excalibur. I've seen this for a like long that, time. Man. Remember it being really weird. So I need to go back. <laughs> it and is. Watch it. it is really weird. There's nudity. I think someone does get raped. <laughs> um, but they don't know that they're being raped because the guy, like magic, <laughs> well, he magically <laughs> turns himself into her husband. <laughs> so it's a Revenge of the Nerd style. Yes, and okay. that's well. We needed we needed the rape to happen because he eventually Arthur is the spawn of that rape, and you wouldn't have the greatest king of England that we've ever had. That sounds like a fucking weird ass movie. Yeah, it's, Arthur it's, it's, is it's, a rape baby. Yeah, so you've just like destroyed one of the UK's uh, legends. Yeah. Oh my god. It's no, it's the best telling of the King Arthur legend of all time, and they need to stop. You know what? We were talking about canceling stuff last week. I hear I got something I want to cancel. I don't ever want to see another fucking Peter Pan movie ever. <laughs> Why do they keep making? There's making another one. Why do they keep making? Nobody likes Peter fucking Pan. Nope. Stop. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Oh man! All right, that's a lot of energy to bring to this. I'm sick of it. It's like every five years there's a new Peter Pan. Nobody likes that story. It sucks. All right. And I realized, like, my two movies up until now haven't been, like, my favorite or best. They're just <laughs> movies I really enjoyed. Right. Uh, that's typically how I do Well, he didn't He didn't say, list your favorites. He said, list some okay. British movies you love, well, which this... I like because yeah. I don't like, like, lists because it, my mood changes from, you know, exactly. day to day. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I watched, like, I, I think I brought up eight because that was the number of movies I watched this week, all British movies. Um. So here's my last one. This one I bring with me from my childhood. It's been it's been a favorite. Life of Brian. I fucking love yep. this movie. Wolf nipple chips, lark's tongues, wren's livers, Tuscany fried bats. Get them while they're hot. They're lovely. The whole fucking conjugating the verb scenes are uh, the conjugating of sentence scenes. The centurions asking them, "What's this, Romanes? Ain't no dumas." I I don't speak Latin, whatever language Latin. Yeah. 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 Oh my god, I I had a I had to actually look up that scene because I've never known what was going on there. 
Romans, people called Romans, they go the house. I'm so happy to finally know that. <laughs> Biggest, dickest, the highest wanking officer. Oh, just so good. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It is a great film. So we'll just we'll just watch that. Uh, podcast over, we're just going to go watch Life of Brian. There's no rapes in it either, which is quite nice. But I'm not watching. And? and <laughs> well, you said you love that British cock. It's, uh, six out of the eight movies all had penis in it, so don't want multiple. <laughs> and with that, I think we're going to go into our trailer. So, everybody, you want some more? Here's Death Wish 4. Two kids looking for a new thrill. Just like I promised. Yeah, sure. But this time, the thrill went too far. Crack has claimed another victim. Dealers are making up their own rules, and no one is able to stop them. Somebody has got to crack down. Who are you? Death. Charles Bronson in the biggest death wish ever. They have to be stopped, cousin. Death Wish 4, The Crackdown. Spent a small fortune buying information on the major drug dealers in Los Angeles. I'll handle this my own way, no interference from you. He's working to destroy the drug empire. It's either him or us. Now, Bronson is their target. The trap is set. Here he comes. The fuse is lit. Bronson is unleashed. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 4, The Crackdown. All right, welcome back. Hopefully that's uh, the trailer didn't have the same music that was uh, we introduced the episode with, because that's happened, I think, every time this week. <laughs> well, cause it's the best music. Yeah. Did we have a famed uh, musician for this one? Was it no. George S. Clinton, maybe? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> I, I don't notice. know. The music was awful. It was? It was, it was bad. Oh. I was paying attention to it my second uh, watch through, because I was like, the first two movies were so good. What's going on in the fourth? No. They they cut they cut that part of the budget. Well, I know in the third one they reused some of Jimmy Page's. That's uh, yeah, soundtrack. that's right. But I guess I don't know. maybe it might have been a George and Clinton jam. Yeah, but all right, we're uh, we're underway with a woman walking alone in a parking structure. She parked in the middle of it. There's no other cars here. This is suspicious as all hell. Yeah, gets in her car. Of course, like. Every movie, there's car trouble. No, 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 no. no. And, she, and she looks up, and she sees this creepy-looking guy spotlit in the distance. Looks down. No, 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 no. Looks up. There's two. No, 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 no. Looks down. Looks up. There's three. You don't think I that's like out? that? You know, have you seen the video of the cat ninja, where you look away, and the cat's got closer to you? Look away again, the cat's got even closer. It's like <laughs> rapist ninja. It's kind of weird. It's it's very disturbing. It's like stop you looking got... down, woman. Every time you look up, there's another person. Stop looking down. Stop you got it. Something. Yeah. I'm sitting out this scene because you guys are throwing around the R word. I'm being free. Well, I'm free of it. Okay, fine. Yeah, we're not throwing it around so, gratuitously. Let's explain. That and I want to say <laughs> these. This is the wimpiest group of rapists I've ever seen because they've got crowbars and they're hammering the windows and it's taking forever to get into this car. 
It's like, come on, guys. What's going on? So they must have been real and windows. And not one giggler among them. I kind of was disappointed with that. That's the one thing I was disappointed about in this movie. We go from all kinds of colorful, interesting, like the, the even the main villain in Death Wish 3 had the reverse mohawk and then the equal with the slash through it. Like, so so crazy. You had a punk cut. You had the dude with the eyebrows shaved and yeah, the mullet. So many cool, interesting villains. And this one, they just go to the mob. Yeah. Like, they phoned it in for the villains on this one. I mean, one of the villains oh. is great, but for the most part, it's phoned in. Right. And they grab her, they yank her out, ripping the clothes. No boobs, though. And just as they're about to do the hard R on her, hey there, and look up, it's our man Bronson. Who do you think you are? Said, who the fuck are you? He had a very Fender Tremello voice. He oh, was yeah. like, who the fuck are you? And then he just goes, death. <laughs> and then it's unloads on these fuckers. He chases one down and shoots him. And then he, pull, he kicks the body over. And we have our Empire Strikes Back moment where we see that the rapist is really Paul Kersey. Oh. He's seeing his own evil reflected back at him, much like when Luke c- killed Darth Vader and right. Dagobah, and then it was him. I was just relieved because of how she parked that car in the middle. She was taking up five spots. So I was just relieved to know that she didn't really take up five parking spots. That's probably why they were going to kick her ass, man. Wouldn't that be a great movie to have Fender Tremello going through dreams like uh kind of like Freddy Krueger style? I, I I would like that. <laughs> I like your brain. I like going through <laughs> dreams. <laughs> so once again, we're like, what the fuck? And then it's it's a dream, guys. He wakes up, he's drenched in sweat. It was a vigilante wet dream. And have you I've never I've seen this in movies, I've never done it in my life. Wake up from a dream where you sit up. Have any? Have you guys ever done that? Have you had a dream where you actually sat up? No. Shut up, Millie. Pause for a second there. My dog's barking. I ask the question. I ask is when you've ever had a nightmare or dream. Have you ever literally like sat up? Like, oh my god, I've never done that in my life. I had a dream once where I got stabbed in the leg, and then the first thing I did when I woke up was check my leg to see if I did actually have a big wound in it. I didn't, so, you know, it's not very exciting <laughs> to that story, but that's as close. I've never sat up. When I yeah. wake up, I'm like, oh, here we go again, another day in lockdown. It's pretty much all I've been doing for the past year and a bit. <laughs> through, uh, through my teen years, when I wasn't having wet dreams, I would sleepwalk, so I've had plenty of... <laughs> A lot of weird sleep issues. Going yeah, on. and I have had those those where you sit right up. I've I've had so many of those where you sit up and you're like sweating and everything. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I rarely even have dreams, let alone nightmares. He sits up and he's like, "Oh, British cock, where is it?" Oh, that is all I'm dreaming about right now. It's just British dicks. There was even a Rocky Dennis Dennison looking kid in that movie, and yeah. It, had a weird shaped dick too. Yes, so as you as, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as Griff pointed out so succinctly, Paul can only get it up with murder. Yes. So he's that this was actually a vigilante wet dream when you really think about it. Like he, yeah, yeah. So he because he hasn't killed in like two years at this time, two or five. <laughs> or five, <laughs> whichever, five, you know. five to two, I think, wasn't it? You know, five yes, two. it was five to yeah. two. 
See, I listen. I listen to shows even when I'm not on them. I'm there. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> and so he goes to work like you're supposed to do, and he's because he's an architect. Yeah. Remember? And uh, we meet Erica. Yeah, he's got a nice new little intern. Probably not getting paid for any of this. You know, just work, just working her little butt off. Erica was an intern. I think so. No, I think he, she was just she's the daughter of the much younger woman because every every movie he gets older and the girlfriend the love interest get younger and younger. Yeah. So she's like did thirty you, years his. Did you not watch Death Wish four? And then when he's like, "Hmm, let me look at your drawings," you go, "Oh, for God's sake, it's getting ridiculous now. How young is she?" <laughs> I kind of thought <laughs> that, that you know, but it turns out, oh, thank God for that. It's a stepdaughter. It, well, it, it turns out. Yeah. I, I was worried about that, the too. The actress that plays the mom is 13 years older than the girl playing her daughter. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so the daughter is like, she, uh, he's like mentoring her. She's She doesn't have a father in her life, so Paul is taking over the father role, and she looks up to him, wants to be an architect like him. So she's got her little, like, crayon drawing. She's like, look, <laughs> look what I did. He's a pretty good. Yeah. Not great. You know, he's got to get a little tough. You got to work on your lines. The yeah. angels need to be facing each other, not facing out. Bad bad luck when they're facing out. This would look great in marble, kid, but not concrete. That's right. Concrete, <laughs> no marble. <laughs> yep. We go We go back home with them, actually. Where it's that night. You know that Paul's found happiness, finally. Yeah, Paul, yeah. We're, getting, we're getting to the soft side. Paul's got the good life. All the Death Wish movies start out with the good life. He's got a happy, you know, new fling. He's got a new stepdaughter. Reminds him. Of his own daughter, they're right around that same age. She's got the child look, look in her face, you know, wonder to the world, just like the last memories he has of his own daughter staring into a crystal cat. <laughs> and uh, they're at home. They're just sitting on the couch. Like you mentioned, he hasn't murdered in a while. So he's like, I think we should go see a movie. It'll be two hours. That'll be 10 o'clock. I'll be real tired. I won't be able to do anything, but we'll come home and we'll have a nice warm glass of milk and go to sleep. But Erica, she's got big plans because she's, yeah. she's you know, 18, 19, 20. Her new, her new boyfriend, Randy, is showing up. Oh, he's got that beautiful yellow car. And the mom with an IROC Z, do the total douchebag mobile you could think of. Yes. And so she's like, mom's like, be home at 10. Mom! 10.30. Oh. And then she's like, I thought you guys would want to bang or something. You want me out later? And he's like... Like, you know, I can't get it up since I haven't murdered anyone Charles in two to five like years. pushing her out the door like, don't say the S word. No sex in this house. I haven't murdered in years. I told you. And then we hear some like some rat or some Motley Crue music in the background. And we see the Iroxy douche mobile pull up. Ugh. We see Randy, her new, her new boyfriend, got the joint in his mouth. He's got, he's got a joint. <laughs> He's up to no good. And Paul notices it. He's like, maybe I could kill him. He is, it, weed is illegal. This is 1987, people. Weed was illegal. Very illegal. So yeah. you could conceivably murder this guy. All right. And then she takes a big hit off of it when she gets in the car, and he just grimaces a little. But he's like, no, I'm not going to murder. Now, Stuart, when you were uh, 19, 20, and you were taking a fine lady on a date, where did, where did you like to go to? I went to the movies. Uh, I went to see films like Braveheart and Titanic and Casino. So, you know, I didn't smoke no dope and go to a video arcade in a car. I ordered you did it? And went to the movies to watch Mel Gibson movies. <laughs> but you didn't get to see Mel Gibson's dick, did you? There's no uh, dick shots in Braveheart? I figured the no, like wind no, would blow no. up. Maybe a gratuitous a, butt shot. 
you get a butt shot and lethal weapon, which was obviously. Oh a few yeah, years that's before. right. The shower scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Randy isn't cool like you. He doesn't like Mel Gibson. You know what he likes? Arcades, drugs, rock and roll. Let's just throw that in there, too. Maybe Seawolf, too. Yeah. So he just pulls up and just parks, like, on the boardwalk. He's the coolest kid in town. (laughs) (laughs) They get out, go into the arcade. That's where all the drugs dealings happen. The kids are always at the dark caves. It reminds me of the arcade in RoboCop, too. Which I just saw the other day, which is why I'm reminded of which it. Which I totally blanked out. We're talking Ugh. about movies we forget we've done. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Stuart apparently not a fan of Robocop 2. Oh, no, no, no. no. There's well, only one thing worse than episode. Robocop 2, and that's Robocop 3. <laughs> so they go to the dealer. It's fucking Tuvok from Star Trek Voyager. We get another oh. Star Trek alumni in Death Wish. We had uh, Troy in 3, who got raped. Damn. And now we have drug dealer Tuvok the Vulcan. It's him and some like uh, Hispanic guy. Yeah. Andy, he's just, he's the normal kid. He just likes his dope. He doesn't do the hard stuff. Yeah. Hey, you got my shit? And he's like, yeah, don't worry. Hey, Erica, I got some shit for you. Come on back. Yeah, it takes her to the back room. And there we see, um, yeah, Crack Rock. I thought it was a thing of Cocoa Puffs. I thought he was just <laughs> it like looked, you know, It looked like the Reese's Cocoa Puffs. I thought it was like, you know, like the uh, variety packs you get as a kid, like the yeah. little little package. I thought he was just handing her a package of Cocoa Puffs. It, it kind of looked like it. No, it was, it was Crack Cocaine. It's crack Cocaine. And he's like, try this. And she's into it. She's like, fuck yeah, I'll try this but Yeah, shit. you saw her eyes light up. She's like, finally, someone comes me with some Crack Oh, we just smoke his weed with Randy. What the fuck? Oh, man. <laughs> so while that's going on, we're like scared right now. We're like, holy shit. This isn't supposed to happen to pretty white girls. No, no. Go back to Paul. He's like, he, like you said, he's like, oh, the movie's going to be two hours. We'll be back in time. And then as you'd expect, if you got a guy like Bronson, you want to lock that motherfucker down. You got to. So Karen, Karen, his, his girlfriend's like, Paul, when are you going to put a ring on it? I don't know. We've been dating. For two whole years. I mean, I guess they are in their advanced ages. She's all of 31 years old at this time, <laughs> and he is all of 67. So in their life. I get I get it. You probably should lock that in if you're really into it, I guess. What's the uh, point, though? She's not going to get to the end credits. No women do. They're in Curse's nope. life. He knows this. He's like, there's no point. You're going to die. Ex- <laughs> except for one. you got to be married to Charles Bronson to survive a Death Wish movie. Very so, yeah. true. Yeah. So, yeah, she's just like, Paul, he's, like, he's grabbing his collar, yikes, and then ring, 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 oh, I got to answer that. <laughs> he falls over <laughs> trying to get to the phone. <laughs> and they're like, Mr. Kersey, we need you at the hospital immediately. They rush to the hospital. And I noticed every single Death Wish movie has the most horrible bedside manner doctor. <laughs> yeah, because- I know, I know it's that. <laughs> Mr. Kersey, uh, your daughter's dead. She's not my daughter. It's, uh, she's her daughter. Oh, sorry, ma'am. She's dead. What? There's no, there's no bedside manner whatsoever. I noticed that while watching a couple of the right. Netflix movies this week. Jeez. <laughs> So, so they love vigilanteism in the Death Wish. Whoever's do Michael Winner, whoever directed these ones, they they love vigilante crime, but they hate doctors. They hate them. That's why the doctors are always dicks. Could be just dead. So the next day, the next week, we don't know. All we know is that Paul. They actually get to see her flatline. 
Yes, they go they into the, they close the door and there's the little window <laughs> and they're just like fogging up the window watching their daughter get hit with the defibrillator and everything. And yeah, they we get a nice gratuitous death scene. Get the scene of like the <laughs> adrenaline needle. And there. Yeah. They don't give it to her, but they, they fill it up. Oh. <laughs> and then yes. Yeah. So the next day, Paul, of course, he blames Brandy for this. He saw her him give her a joint. Yeah. And I just want to say something. As uh, someone who recreationally smokes crack, this was a very uh, disinf- disinformation they were giving about crack. Crack is totally safe if used in moderation. So I don't want anyone to think you're gonna you're gonna die from smoking crack the first time I mean, you ever take it. It was four rocks, and we don't know what was in it. I'm just Could saying it's a safe drug to use it in moderation. <laughs> is it kind of like paracetamol, but a little bit stronger, or? You know, you got a headache. You got oh, if I take a little bit of crack, I might get rid of that yes. coffee headache. As studies have been shown it stops COVID. That's all I'm going to say. That's good. <laughs> Is it? Does it stop it more than bleach and the sun? No. Well, sun, you yes. you no. put a little bit of bleach into your crack, and that way you're getting the double <laughs> Ooh, effect. That would stay yeah. your crack. You put bleach in your yeah. crack. Yeah. yeah, bleach in your crack. Yeah, it, oh. it enriches it. <laughs> it enriches your crack. Yeah, no. <laughs> gives it a new like flavor. A <laughs> and yeah, it stings a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, so Paul <laughs> follows Randy, but he doesn't know Randy's even more pissed off because he's going, he's going straight to the arcade. I was kind of shocked by this. I was expecting Randy to just be like strung out now. Like, yeah. just like I, was, I want that stuff. I was expecting the scene where Paul busts in his room and he's high and he slaps him around. Like, what did you give my daughter? Exactly. And, uh, I no. thought he was going to get hooked on crack because he was like, how good was it if she was willing to die for it? You know, I'm the greatest man around. I got an IROC Z. It's yellow. We I took her to the arcade for fuck's sakes. We, we do we but, do need to refer to Randy as Randy the genius from now on because the way he handles this drug dealer, he's absolutely genius. It's mind blowing. Do you know, well, like, take us through it. Yeah. Well, he goes to these mad. He's disappointed because you know he wasted a joint on this girl, and now she's dead. And the, you know the stepdad's <laughs> none, none too happy, so he may get grounded. He's just gotten the nerve to buy some condoms at the drugstore. He thought this was going to be the night. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he wanted to climb on top of her while she was being defibbed, so she vibrated a little bit. Who knows? I don't know what's going on. This the 1980s. You could do anything like that. But he decides to go up to this drug dealer who he knows killed his girlfriend and say I'm going to go to the cops and tell them your name ha ha what are you going to do about it and then we get to find out what he does about it uh, bye, <laughs> bye Randy uh, knifed in the gut he pulls him in for a quick little hug and whisper in his ear and it was something like white boy you ain't talking to any cops and he just stabs him it's very yeah, quiet we, yeah well we've learned this, how many movies have we done if you're stabbed you cannot make a noise it's it's yes, impossible yes it's that's sign. why you stab people and it just so happens that paul he's a, a, a descending some staircase knocks a can over so they the, the the perp and the drug dealer and uh uh paul they lock eyes and so the drug dealer takes actually he fires a shot back at paul he takes off and right. but paul justified homicide Paul, you know, he's going to stand his ground. He's going to stand his ground. You better believe it. Stands, plants, fires two slugs into him. Well, the, he... The guy well, gets on top yeah, of that Yeah, the roof. drug dealer decides, I'm going to get away by climbing on the top of the bumper car thing where there's electricity. Well, he climbed onto a roof, and then he gets shot, and then he falls onto it. Okay. So he wasn't walking on it. I don't fuck it. I watched this two days ago. <laughs> okay. So he gets, yeah, he gets electrocuted. Great. <laughs> 
everybody, everybody screams. The announcer of the dodge cars. Everybody stay in your car. Oh, okay. There's a dead body above me vibrating in the place. Smells like chicken. But yeah, I'll stay in my car while I... Yeah, go on. I imagine the blood would be sprinkling down on them as well. Oh. Just that, that had to be a fucking traumatizing experience. But <clears throat> not traumatizing for one young punk rock. Man. Yeah, one young Tim Murray. Yeah. I recognize you, <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. I had those abs like that guy. I saw, I saw, I didn't think it was you at first because of the earring <laughs> and the hairstyle and the nose ring <laughs> and the eyeliner. Wow, this guy was over the top. But then he had written on his pants, black flag wow and i was like that's tim that's straight punk rock that's straight punk and he comes up to the cop we see we meet our cops reiner and uh phil 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 the asian guy <laughs> phil <laughs> who i believe was the villain in missing in action I'm yeah sure he yeah was. He, was. he was i was like i he know was, this yeah. yeah and he's like yeah i fucking saw it you jumped in a blue tornado i got the last few numbers six six two and they're like, I was nervous. I thought it was going to be 666. <laughs> no, it was not. Paul would never drive in a car that's a 666. So he's like, all right. So the police are kind of on to Paul. Kind of. Kind of. They got his blue Tornado, and they yep. got three numbers. Three numbers. It's going to be easy to track that down. We got great databases over there. And wait, did we, we decide this was LA, right? This is LA. Okay. Since, Next day, since, Paul. Since, since Death Wish 2 uh, to Death Wish 4, has the population gone up from 500 now, or is it still around that same? Yeah, there was a big quite... boom. It's 1,000 now at this Oof, time. Yeah. Busy, busy place then. Cool. Busy. And and it's the late 80s, so I was expecting to see some kind of karate tournament with like a $500,000 <laughs> grand prize or something. Yeah, it's Paul was like refereeing or something. <laughs> like that, <you laughs> That'd be good. it got to be given back to his community, you know? Mentoring kids. Have you ever tried to use a gun? <laughs> oh, next day, Paul gets home. He's he's wrecked from the death of Erica, and and well, and, but then he's an, he has an erection from killing a guy. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, and he sees a note and it says, "I know who you are," and he's like, "Hmm, that's strange." He goes inside and immediately gets a phone call. Ooh, and we hear this this commanding rich baritone with this, this familiar voice it's very fraser-esque I, i'm getting images of tossed salads and scrambled eggs and it goes mr kersey i know who you are i must speak to you meet <laughs> me at yada 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 whatever who is this and he's like flick then you know so paul's like Okay, I guess I'll, I'll I'll meet the stranger. Yeah, he looks outside, and sure enough, there's a guy with a little uh, limo waiting out there, waving. Why at is him. there a note? It's kind of overkill. Why did he need a note? And then why not just the phone call? I don't know. Just Good just uh, just to, just to make, yeah. to make I get it now. It's to make sure that because uh, Paul is notoriously like a phone screener, like he do, he waits for the answer machine. So we uh, wanted to make sure he'd answer it. All right. So limo limo's driver, waiting. Limo, what, the guy, the, did you notice the limo driver's like waving a little carton of milk? Going, woohoo! Got your non fat. That's catnip for Paul. So he's like, that's what it is. got glass bottles of empty milk. <laughs> that's what happens when you watch on a 120 inch projection. You see things like that, like waving the milk. Oh, oh right. we've got things we noticed in this movie. Oh, we'll yeah. <laughs> so, takes him to this mansion, stately Wayne Manor, get in. It's fucking our man John P. Ryan looking majestic as ever. He's got that had to be a fake mustache. That mustache looks fake as fuck. Uh, yeah. And I think he's wearing a wig on top. Of uh, it. it looked too beautiful. Yeah. The whole combo was amazing, but it looked it looked too too right. good. Very well dressed. Like Mr. Kersey. 
my name is Nathan White. And he's like, the newspaper man? Indeed. And then we learn that Nathan White, even though you think because he's rich, he's white, he's got it all. His daughter went off to school. She was a straight-A student. And then she learned about the world of cocaine. <laughs> and then a week later, she's sucking dick for fucking crack rocks. I mean, if her dad is that rich, she probably found the cocaine in their house. Yeah, it was the 80s. Yeah. And so his daughter's dead now. And this doesn't happen to pretty white girls. So we know that's a problem now, Griff. Oh, yeah. So he's like, Mr. Kersey, I know you have a particular set of skills. He's like, no, that's Liam Neeson. I'm the guy with the gun. And he's like, I can supply you with anything you need. He's like, I need a few days to think about it. And he's, you can just tell, you see a little ruffle in his crotch area. Like, his dick's starting to get a little hard. <laughs> but must have, that must have looked great across 120 <laughs> yeah, inches. It did. Yeah, <laughs> it's 120 so, inches in more ways than one. So we just have the scene. Just focus on his crotch. We see a little ruffle, r- <laughs> rustle, and then we just cut to the funeral. Uh, and I think he actually, uh, <laughs> Paul had her probably buried right next to his real life daughter. So why not? We, in the previous Death Wish movies, you at least see like a casket go into the ground. This one, you don't even get out of the car. No you're time. Le- you're yeah. already leaving the funeral. Karen is distraught. She's like, I don't know what to do about Erica. And at this point, like we mentioned, his groove's coming back. He's getting that libido. He's feeling it. He's feeling something, a little fire down below. And so he's like, look, you're a writer. Write about it. Oh, God. That was uninspired. <laughs> well, you know, she can't do anything. So he's just like, you know, next best thing. I mean, he hasn't even been banging her, so you can't say dick fog, <laughs> unless that means lack of dick. This is like the whole gratuitous thing. I'm, I'm confused well, about thing. dick He's fog. probably like, let's get home. I'm going to rock your world. <laughs> so he probably just fucked the hell out of her really good that night. Mate, okay, that sounds so, right. So the next day, she take, she heeds his advice and goes to her editor. That's the confidence. You just pump the confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, look, editor. I need this is important because something that actually affected me. So now it's important. Yeah. I have to write about drugs. He's like, what? 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 It's like, drugs are cool now. Where have you been, bitch? Everybody's doing them. It's not just for poor people anymore. <laughs> Rich know, people, athletes. People that people care about do drugs now. I'm doing drugs as we speak. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got a tampon soaked in vodka up my butt. But he's like, if you can come up with an interesting angle, I'll let you do it. She's like, her idea is like, hmm, 13-year-old prostitutes. That'll be my angle. <laughs> she goes to the morgue. We get the scared straight like thing. Ma'am, are you sure you, you're prepared for this? And then, did you notice the one kid, his eyes moved when they pulled off? Yes. Look, when, they, when they closed the eyes, like they would leave like the eyes open. That was that was pretty scary, though. I got to say, I was kind of chilled by you, that. You stop, Griff actually stopped doing drugs last night because of that. I look great, don't I? Like, I, I don't mean stop doing abusing. drugs, period. I mean, just that night, he said, it just, I'm not it just run out. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up, orange juice, chocolate bars, and look at me. I feel great. My ears are on fire for some reason, but I feel great. Goddamn vaccine. <laughs> don't take the vaccine, people. It'll make your ears burn. Your ears might be itchy and irritable. <laughs> so, yeah, we get all the stories, like this I, kid. There like... was at least... 
400 teenagers laid out. This yeah. was an endless morgue. It right. was incredible. And he's just like. They were using mass graves. Yeah. I mean, he's like, pulling up sheet after sheet after sheet. And then they labeled it wrong. They're like, this is a 13-year-old prostitute. No, that's a child sex slave. <laughs> or wait, is that? I think that's the right word for it. Okay. You, there, you can't be selling yourself. the semantics of no. Yes, I am. What's the age where you become a prostitute? 18. 18? 18? When okay. you're of legal age. Okay. Because so, you can't sell yourself legally when you're that young. I guess you can't legally <laughs> do it when you're 18. Unless you're in Nevada. But yeah, we got girl got her throat slashed. Uh, yeah, boy the, got shot in the head. Like you mentioned, she finds her unicorn, a 13-year-old girl who was uh, prostituting herself as a child sex life to buy drugs, crack cocaine specifically. Yes. And she's like, 13? Everybody's doing it. Didn't your editor tell you that? So Karen's like, I have to do something about this. I need to investigate. And she goes straight back to that arcade, the scene of the crime. She bumps into our boy Tuvok. And she's just like, hey, what's going on? I need some. He's like, oh, really? I know you're a cop. And she's like, no, no. And she, then she whips out the money. And he's like, oh, well, we can talk now. <laughs> And she's like, I just want info. I don't want crack. I want info. He's like, I can do that. I can give you some info. She's got some $100 bills. She's in Benjamins. So two bucks on the take with Karen. Yep. And Paul, he's uh, over at Nathan. He's agreeing to help. And uh, we start to get kind of, this is kind of interesting. I like where they've taken the Death Wish series. It's not just him lurking on the streets anymore. Stuart. What do you prefer, how this one handled him running around doing the murders, or do you like it better when he was just stalking the knights? I like Death Wish 1 and sort of Death Wish 2. I think with 3, 4, and 5, he's turned into the Equalizer. He's like, I think if they carried on the Death Wish series, it'd be like, hey, somebody's using your Netflix password. Hey, where's Wilby? <laughs> he'd be off. He'd just be with rocket launchers and everything. So I prefer it when he was an everyman, not an Equalizer. But I still I... I 100% agree, but I definitely like, like, ish, this should be under a different title with J Charles Bronson because it is very different. The only thing that's really holding it together is the fact that he's an architect and any woman near him <laughs> is probably getting harmed. Right. But yeah. as, as, aside from that, this is like much more cartoony and stuff. Well, it's canon. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, but, yeah, but the thing is, like, Nathan's rationale is why get the, like, the, the crumbs? Get the fucking main guys who are bringing the drugs into the okay. country. See, I really like this angle for it, too, because it's like you've been taking out all the people on the night in the gutters. Right. Like, Fuck you, that. They can replace those guys who replace them. Exactly. But you got to get the head, the kingpins. And he's like, I know the two guys that are running the drug trade for all of Los Angeles. They're supplying for all 553 people in L.A. Oh, there's 553 now? Yes. It looked like there was more than 500 people at that arcade alone. It's. I think there was a boom. A trick photography. Oh, okay. We got there our is. man, Ed Zach. <laughs> we got Ed Zacharias, who worked. Uh, he's very industrious. He worked his way up. He used to be just like a you know messenger for the mob. Now he's a big kingpin. And we also have his rivals, the Romero brothers, Jack and Tony. <laughs> Now we learn that these guys is that they, there's a very uneasy truce between them because they care more about money and business than personal shit. Well, they only have 500 clients to work right. in between them, so yeah. So they're not going to go to war because they're like, look, there's more than we. You'll take 250. I'll take 253. And they're like, okay. So there's 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 tension, but it's working. Mm -hmm. All Paul goes is get me weapons. 
<laughs> and he's like, I can do that. So, all right, Paul is in. He's ready to kill. Yep. And now we're going to head over to the police. And they're doing some great uh, police work here. You know, they're running plates. They've, they, they well, it's did not that database. hard when there's only 553 people in L.A. How many blue tornadoes are there? About 112? No, like way nine. too high. Nine, isn't it? Yes, nine. Mm-hmm. With but with those three numbers, six six two, yeah, six six two. So so maybe there's a hundred plus other blue tornadoes out there. Yeah, and so it was, <laughs> blue tornadoes were hot as shit in '87. Everybody was driving them. I I I'm gonna see them everywhere now. I I don't know if I've ever seen one. Starsky and Hutch car was a tornado. So uh, they're on they're on Paul's ass, man. Yeah, they they head straight over to his office, I believe. They're meeting up with him. Yeah, and Paul's just working. He's the most like giantest glasses I've ever seen on a human being. He's seventy years old. He's probably got <laughs> hard work to see. And yeah, shit. <laughs> you see into the future with those motherfucking glasses. He's w- studying. You know, he's got his big uh, table set up. He's d- working on some sketches, marble, concrete, marble. Exactly. It's just going. constantly flipping through the <laughs> onion skins or whatever it's called. A marbles. Con- I can't decide. And the, the cops are putting a little heat on. Like I, he's like, he immediately goes out. My wife and daughter were killed. And like, oh, sorry, sir. <laughs> you know, that, I guess that's how you get cops to leave you alone. To scream out your wife and daughter dead. <laughs> but they're still suspicious. Yeah, and it's they're maid. leaving. And it's maid. Don't forget the maid. She died as well. You know, no, he forgot his maid. So, yeah. <laughs> we still poor poor Rosario is still on his floor. He just, he just left her there. <laughs> Covered in milk. (laughs) I was confused. I didn't know what you were yelling there. I forgot about the maid. (laughs) There you go. What about your maid? Oh, yeah. Forgot about her. She died. Bitch forgot my milk. He's like, I hope I didn't pay her for next month. (laughs) She bought vitamin D. She she had it coming. So now we're going to meet the kingpins. Yeah, Ed. Ed Zacharias. He's having a birthday party. And he has a very classy cake. Very classy. You know this man's got Vinny's ear. This is a Vinny joke through and through. He would love this shit. Very tasteful. There's uh, there's one candle in the crotch. He pulls <laughs> That's it. What we should say it's like a naked woman cake. Well, yeah. she's she's got panties on. Chris' favorite word, and she's topless, and her nipples have candles in them. So oh, we, they do were get boob, we do get boobs in Death Wish 4. We are, you're right. We <laughs> <do>. <laughs> <laughs> the cannon is very... safe. The cannon is safe. There are boobs. Calm down, everybody. It was a very clever way to get their boobs in there. Right. Yep. The studio was like, no more. No more. You can't do it anymore. And they were like, we'll get boobs in there somehow. <laughs> Sugar tits. <laughs> so... So he, he very tastefully grabs one of the nipple candles, sucks on it, Ugh. and the Romero <laughs> brothers show up. Yeah, his whole Ed's whole gang is. They're like, "What's this guy doing here?" Great accent, Griff. <laughs> I don't know why I complimented myself. I just really felt it. And uh, yeah, they're like, "Hey, no guys, it's cool." Invited him. Ed invited him. The truce. They're trying to build the truce up. They, they got a present, and he shakes it. What is in here? A bomb? <laughs> so, you know, they're they're growing up. They're but, uh, yeah, Stewart, of course, saw this in the background, 120 inches and all. Oh, yeah. We got a we got a bartender with the catcher's mitt face, and I was like, <laughs> I know that. It's either Rocky Dennison or it's fucking <laughs> Charles Bronson. And, and 
Rocky Dennis, unfortunately, was dead. So it's <laughs> Charles Bronson. Yes, he's undercover as a bartender. He's killing it. He is. He's he's wipe, wiping glasses out of the rag. Mm-hmm. He's just wiping mm-hmm. down the bar. Doesn't know how to make drinks. The one but... time somebody goes up to him, asks him for a drink, take a sex on the beach. Well, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I you never got the this. sex on the beach. I wanted yeah. it, but it didn't happen. There you I go. Call back. I can, I can do a milk. Oh, even on accident, just trip into these callbacks. Oh, God, so good. So good. So Paul's like, he, he says, like, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so he just walks into the mansion. He was going to go get ice. Yeah. He's like, Walk- I got to cool my buns off after Walk- this shit. Walks into the mansion. We got the old style touchdown phones. So he just unscrews the, the, the receiver we talking to. Just throws something in there. and then <laughs> Doesn't attach anything. Just throws something in there and puts it back on. <laughs> And there's like 5,000 phones in this fucking room. In one room alone, there's five <laughs> phones scattered through it. And he has, like, I was I seeing this right? He has no urgency. He's casually just walking up the phones and putting things in them. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> and so while that's going on, we see uh, Ed and uh, the, the Romero brothers. He's like Ed's like, hey, I got to talk to you about something. Come with me. And we're like, holy shit, he's going to go fucking in that room that Paul's at. So they go to the room. Paul hears him, makes a beeline for the bathroom, hides there. He leaves the door ajar. He doesn't keep it <laughs> he shut. He's got his face hanging out of the Yeah. Door. Oh, God. And the, then we see uh, they bring in a guy named Vincent. And he's like, hey, what's going on? He just came back from Columbia. Everything's going great in Columbia. They're bringing in all the coke they could ever need. Yeah, they, they, were, they were suspicious at first. And they were just like, hey, you did this? And he was like, no, why would I kill this guy? Okay. I believe you. And then Vincent comes in and he's fucking, he's got his sweater draped Right. Over yeah. His because uh, uh, the guy that gave crack to Erica worked for Zacharias. Yes. And yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, then Vincent comes in from straight from Columbia. Everything's doing great. Coke is coming in. And- we, got, we got some guy who was working down there with me. He's skimming off. He's skimming off the top. Vinny. Oh, wait, Ed. Why, why would he Ed. talk to himself? <laughs> All drug dealers are. There we go. He's coked out of his head. He was pretty coked up. He had the Miami Vice outfit on. He was super coked. Yeah. And Ed's like, I don't think somebody's skimming. I think you're skimming. And I'm going to skim a little off of you. Skim milk. And he stabs the fucking guy. (laughs) Bronson's literally got his head. He's like, holy shit. (laughs) He's like, looking out. And then he's like, oops. And then slams the fucking door (laughs) shut. Slams it. Oh and, and so they obviously hear that. So they oh. open it up. And then, like, what are you doing here? He's like, Vinny's? You know, he's like, I, I got to think of shit. You know, and, they're like, and then for a second, they're like, when you hear someone say, when someone's in the bathroom, they say Vinny's, you understand. Yeah. That's, that's an emergency situation. But then they're like, hey, 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 I don't give a shit about fucking Vinny's. Help doesn't shit in my fucking house. Shit out in the pool if you got a shit. I mean. That's why he had the bucket with him, though. Because he was going to. He- the ice cubes, yeah. He was going to cool off his buns. That's oh, a hot shit. Gonna, yeah. I going to shit in a bucket, but that's, let's go with your answer. <laughs> it's better. Like, now, what we've learned about Paul is he really does need to go back to stalker lifestyle because in 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 four or in two, no, even in two well, when is, he was this trying. Is, this is four. This is I was, four. I was, <laughs> I was getting my math wrong, my counting, you know. 
But even in two, when he tried to uh, follow and quietly like observe, he knocks a can over. He is the Mister Bean of spies. You know, he's always getting noticed because he's he's an idiot. He's farting. He's shitting. He's <laughs> coughing. He's slamming doors. Like he is the worst spy ever. Yes, but he's so clumsy it works out for him. And they're like, well. You know what? If you help us get rid of this body, we'll forget everything. And like Paul's like, all right, I'll go along Clearly with that. Clearly, Ed wants peace with everybody now, <laughs> yeah. except Vince. Yeah. Vince is dead. <laughs> so Paul and one of the goons grabs the body. Everybody else goes to check out that nudie cake. Right. <laughs> Have you seen it? It's hot. <laughs> and so, of course, so the whole idea was to have Paul pick, pick his guard down, and they were going to shoot him, too, and put him in the trunk with the body. That was the plan. Yes. And Paul's on to that. So they open up the trunk. He immediately, I goes right to the tire iron that's in the trunk, grabs it, bam, hits the other goon, throws both of them inside, walks out, and then he like he does a little old man run where he like yeah. runs away, <laughs> and he's like the perfect, perfect crime. I got away. Does he just run all the way? He off? runs away. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you can hear his, his hip clicking and all sorts. So. <laughs> <laughs> Gob. Like, oh, yeah. oh God. All right. So he's got now he's got Ze- uh, Zechariah's bugs. He knows everything that's going on in the Zechariah's comp. Yeah, we'll we'll be able to listen into the, on, on them later. And next we hear John uh, P. Ryan. We just hear his voice as Paul's getting ready to go to his next location. He's in his car waiting outside a nice fine Italian restaurant, and they, he's being told, "Yeah, Donnie Trejo loves the fucking." He related to Danny Trejo? What did I say, Donnie? Cousins. cousins. Yeah. Like, well, uh, I had I have to cousins. say I had to say Donnie because he's playing an Italian man here. Oh, so right. Don Trejo, <laughs> nice, nice escape. Yep. Yes. Yes. We learned there's three head like enforcers for uh, Ed, and they love this place. It's not Vinny's. I don't know why they love it. Yeah, but they go there. Well, we we uh, breached the subject. Um, I forget which movie it was. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of the Orlando Jones or something. It had a uh, black belt Jones, black belt Jones. Yeah, uh, some or some of the mob Jones. people, <laughs> <laughs> some of the mob people have offended Vinny's because they tell tasteless jokes. So clearly, right. these guys have offended. Well, yeah, mob Vinny's. people are scumbags. They yeah. don't know how to act around. So they're they're people. eating in some dive Italian restaurant right. here. There's no Olive Garden. No yeah. one else in there. It's just the bartender. Right. And, uh, and I want to point out Danny Trail. The first time I ever seen him with short hair. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah he, had, he had a little Beatles cut, didn't he? <laughs> he did have a Beatles cut. Yeah. <laughs> and so they go into the restaurant. Like you said, nobody's there. It sucks. The bartender's bored out of his mind. We see Paul in his car, got a, 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 a Kinjitashe case open with some bottles of wine, mm-hmm. some vino. Mm-hmm. And we see him place like a bomb in the bottom of one of them. Yeah, like, he pulls beep. out yeah, the bottom of it. Got and- the the digital readout and everything. And then he sticks the label to hide the little <laughs> seam. But the label is like an inch off the bottom of the bottle. So it looks completely out of place. We just said he's a bum. He's the, he can murder really well. But he's a bumbler. Yeah. And, else. and I was like, this is awful. And then they go to the next cut and it's a normal bottle of wine. The label is up in a normal location. I was like, you sons of bitches. Like, I'm glad they did that. Cause that was irritating me. I was like, he's going to get caught again. Don't worry. I think he's figuring out the spy thing, guys. I think he's figuring it out. Stuart, do you want to take us through this scene? I just kept looking at Danny Trail's hair. I'm like, whoa, I'm glad that got changed over the years. That is a fringe and a half, Mr. Trail. Not that I would tell him any different because I'm a big fan of his and he would kill me. 
So, uh, so for some reason, Trejo's like, hey, I know you from somewhere. He's like, no, you don't. He's like, hey, yeah, I do. I know you from the, the dairy. We, I went around the tour on the dairy. <laughs> you were there playing with yourself yeah, you... into, the, into the milk vat. He's like, no, that wasn't me. I'm from, uh, where, where did he say he was from? Like Toledo or something. I don't know. Idaho. Toledo's like a yeah. call. And they go, hey, Idaho. I got a cousin in Idaho. Okay. Where are you from? No, Boise, and then it, for some reason he thinks this conversation isn't going very well, and throws water I, I in Danny Trejo's face and runs off. The it's the worst. He was like, he didn't know what to do, so he just throws water in Danny face, and then it goes, yoink! Well, okay, okay, there's a couple things happening here. First of all, all of us Americans know that there's five people in Idaho. There's even less people in Idaho there, than there is in L.A., all 500 oh. of them. So okay. that made no sense. That's a terrible cover. Yeah. That's even today's numbers, five people in Idaho. Um, and also, he set a timer on the bomb. That's why he was like, I got to do something to get the fuck out of here. I love that he's just trembling like a fucking leaf, like a dog trying to shit out a peach seed to use a Jim Cornette line. He is shaking profusely. And yeah, he throws the water. And then Runs. the most, the most, yes, this is the one time he's agile. You get the nice uh, hip joint click as he gets up abruptly. It. Oh my God. Danny motherfucking Treo stun dummy. <laughs> we're gonna be putting a picture of that up on our twitter because the dummies are so bad so good it's so good they get the hair right (laughs) there's pieces of exploding fringe flying all over the place it's just it's the tattoos everywhere it's it is it's a gratuitous mess (laughs) so our next target we get another nice rich baritone of john p ryan saying Max Green, he's a drug dealer, he's a child pornographer, he's also the worst profession you could ever have, video store clerk, <laughs> scum of the earth, people. <laughs> Murray, it's like you're trying to call somebody out. Hey, I was, I was a video clerk like person once. <laughs> oh, weird. Oh, 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 I wish you were here so I could throw water in your face and then run away. <laughs> were you also do, do, uh, selling drugs on the side? Uh, well, yes. this show this show's recorded, isn't it? So no, no, of course not. No, I was like, I was just limitation. selling marble, concrete, and milk. That's it. That's all <laughs> he dabbled in child pornography, but nothing serious, you know. <laughs> so we know this guy's scum because he's a child pornographer, and he works at a video store. Yeah. So our boy uh, Charles Paul, he just walks shows, shows up there walks in the back door with an uzi with a silencer he had yeah. a silencer he had a very large silencer and uh this is where you get a little bit of canon doing their own advertising a little meta a little meta because in this uh as he walks in the back door there's a nice big cutout of uh, texas chainsaw massacre 2 yes yep and uh, if you look closely at all the dv oh, dvds vhs tapes on the wall they're all canon movies and then we he gets past the first doorway and he turns to his left and there's our drug dealer in a nice windowed office and everything posters for all their movies drugs right out in the open hey it's in the back nobody everyone listens to the sign that says employees only it's a a front it's a mob run vhs store so of course it's a front Every video right. store in the 80s was just filled with canon movies because that's all there were. It's like, hey, you got over the top <laughs> or, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, hey, a little a little fun fact. This was the highest grossing uh, video cassette of Death of the Death Wish series, was Death Wish 4. Oh. That's because of me because I kept renting the soccer when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> so the people see three and they were like, 
fuck, that was great. I can't wait to see four. Or like, I hate I three. Think, I hope they get back on track for four. I don't think people realize it came out in the theaters because I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea there was a four and a five of Death Wish until recently. Yeah, I saw so, number yeah. one, on, number one and two on TV. No, number one on television. Number two on VHS, which I rented from the video store. Number three, I'm like, brilliant. I hope it's as good as number two, number one. And then number four, I was old enough to go watch it in the theaters. And I'm like, I can't wait to see Charles Bronson just kill some more people. And five, I ended up going, wow, there's a number five? I've got to watch this and see what's going on. See how many people he guns down in the old folks' home. I'd imagine if you had had IMDb then, you would look up, how old is he? (laughs) 78. 73 in Death Wish 5. I think he's probably like 68 or something in this one, isn't he? But he was 73 when the the fifth one came out. I mean, hey, if 73-year-old people can be president, why can't they be murdering assassins? His his girlfriend in the fifth one was 40 years old. Come on, Charles. (laughs) He's serious. He spent all his money on Viagra, that guy. (laughs) Well, when murder gets it up, you know, you save Mm. money on Viagra. So he confronts Max Green. The guy's like, "I'm just, I'm just a guy. I'm, I'm a, an honest po- child pornographer. What are you giving me shit for? Uh, what are you trying to tell me? If you're not on the street selling drugs, someone else is going to do it. Well, yeah. If I'm not, someone else will. <laughs> Wrong. And this, this, this is perfect logic for what Nathan White wants to do by getting the top dogs because he's right. If he's not doing it, somebody else will be doing it. Yeah." And so as he's trying to intimidate him with his bold line, wrong, two guys come out of uh, the other office, and they're like, hey, don't do this. And he shoots everybody. Those could have been innocent people. But he had a silencer, so nobody in the front knew what was yeah. going on. And then yeah. he just walks out. Just leaves. No big deal. So now we got uh, Jack and the mob this is a little uh this was kind of a fistful of dollar situation where we got a guy who's like making the two enemies seem like they're attacking each other but it's really him doing it so yeah. they're getting suspicious of each other we got our police arriving on the scene uh rainer i can't remember which cop this was it was rainer it was rainer and his lieutenant. no which which one was he he was the white guy yeah okay and phil phil the asian phil. phil phil is the whitest name ever and it's the asian guy that's the hard part i'm trying to and we get we get this in every uh, Death Wish movie. We get the lieutenant, I'm, boss. This is the vigilante. Quiet about the vigilante. Yeah, the canon of he's doing uh, God's Wish. work. Don't he's like, I don't care about the guy the vigilante. Let him do what he wants to do. We got to get these fucking mobsters. And he's like, I'm, but I'm I'm just I'm just about to get them. Stop it, mobsters. <laughs> so he's like, ugh. So Jack and the mob think that Ed's behind the hits. Ed thinks Jack's behind it. There's this, there's more tension. Paul gets his next mission from Nathan. Yeah. Frank like Boggs. He is the main hitman for Ed. And, I, and he's, I, I thought this was great because now black people can be hitmen. Yeah. You think the mob's like racist, but no, they were like. And they really built up his background, too. The other guys were like child pornographer, drug dealer. Well, yeah. Nathan you know? was like, this is an ordinary black man. He's sophisticated. <laughs> he likes Apple. <opera." laughs> okay, okay. It gets bad when you say this is. A... <laughs> that, that's where it gets wrong. <laughs> well, I'm saying what Nathan was saying. I, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, He's like, I'm not calling out you. Call out the movie. Yeah. I was I was impressed with how how caring and considerate Frank was, especially towards his lady friend. I thought he treated her with the utmost respect. Oh, yeah. He needed to slap the shit out of her, but he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
He was using now we understand it as he was trying to compliment her. He just had a hard life where uh it's just the message is just going over her head because he said, Your ass looks huge in that dress, and she thought she was being insulted. He likes a big ass. Yeah, he's oh, a black oh, guy. That, that's what it meant. Okay. Yeah, so it was just, they were just they were on different wavelengths. But you know Yeah, I gotta tell you, I yeah, I love my trashy eighties women, but she was even too trashy for me. She was getting <laughs> on my nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the voice? Well, yeah, she's like she's the kind of chick that chews gum with her mouth open. Uh, he's like, bitch, shut up. She had the southern accent. It was really a turn off. He's a uh, uh, Frank is of course a uh, opera aficionado. Right. And even he's like, You gonna wear that shit to the opera? Super tacky ass Miss Elizabeth dress. Yeah. And she's like, does Frank, does Frank yeah. look like he's the sort of person to go to the opera? He really doesn't. He really doesn't <laughs> that's seem what, like, no. That's what Nathan told us. He's like, this is an ordinary black man. Yeah. He's sophisticated. He loves opera. <laughs> and so, yeah. So he's just like, oh, you're going to wear that? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to wear that. Her, like, they, they finally hit it on the elevator because she's like, you know, it took you forever to get in it, but it takes me no time to get out of it. And then they laugh, and he's like, all right. So we actually got the police, Phil and Reiner, down below waiting in the parking lot, oh. chewing on some Slim Jims, watching uh, Frank's car, because they're, they're – I don't remember why they were here. I don't just, know either. They just happened to into I, it. I think what it was, because the lieutenant said, like, be on the lookout, like, watch these people. Yeah. Shit. You know what it was? They're, they're going after the guys, top guys, so here's the next rank down. Keep an eye on these guys. Probably Frank's the next. Okay. Right. And, uh, yeah, we're sending in Mr. Magoo for another spy mission. This will definitely go well. Yeah, right. So, yeah, our boy, he can pick a lock like a motherfucker, though, because he does pick the lock. Well, movie magic, you know, he's probably there for three days or something. And he's like, he's, like he was doing at Ed's place. He's just, like, slam dunking some, like, <laughs> bugs, I guess, into the, into the receiver of these phones. He's just putting a raw piece of shrimp in there so it smells bad, you know? It's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And while he's doing that... And Frank, I want, I gotta say it, Frank also has five phones in his living room. Yes. And again, Paul is like taking his time, looking through his CDs, all the opera. He's like, opera. They don't even sing in English. <laughs> Which is something his girl said yes. as well. So right. him and Paul, the girl and Paul might get yeah, they would have They would have hit it off really well. They would have hit it off real well. And so while he's rifling through this, like you said, the CDs, Frank's like, fuck, I forgot the tickets. Yeah. I'm black. They're going to let me in without tickets. So he goes up, back up to get it, notices that the door is unlocked. He's like, I locked it. I always yeah. lock it. Always. Walks in. He's looking around. He hear, like Paul hears the, the, the doorknob jiggle. So he's able to dart away. And again, you hear that hip hop because, I mean, he's old. He's 68. And uh, he takes, I mean, this is like a little apartment. They didn't even dress it up at all. Like, <laughs> it looks like a $500 a month apartment. Right. You know, it, it's got the tiny little stove, tiny little oven, just a little kitchenette type thing going on right. here. You, you wouldn't expect a hitman for the mob would be living this frugally. But I yeah, he's spending all his money on the opera tickets. That's got to be it. That's got to uh, be it. Yeah, ride. The sheets were clean, though. So it was... <laughs> It was quite a high class place. He pays five dollar extra every month for the. I, I was going to say he pays the premium fee just to get the sheets washed every day. Every day, new sheets. That's where all the money's going. Yep. Even his little liquor table looked off. It was just a table with a white cloth on it. Like nothing about this was fancy. So it's not all glamour being a mafioso. Greg, that's it. No. He it's did. He real did. Life. He did used to have a maid, but she was killed several years ago in New York or L.A. or somewhere. 
and uh, and he just never he could never find a replacement made. So that's why he's cleaning himself. I did see that picture. I mean. Uh, we have the Laserdisc version, so it's just as much clarity. You notice just as much. I did see a picture of Rosario on the nightstand. Oh my god! Yeah, that was or not the nightstand, but in uh, on yeah, on the ceiling, oh. on the, above the bed. Uh, yeah. Yes, on the, yes, that was his his first love. <laughs> so while well, it's gonna Paul's making himself a pastrami sandwich with nacho cheese. That's you know, right. It's not as good as a Vinny's, but it's good enough. You, you know, it's a mock sandwich. And Frank's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Making a sandwich, and then he just what does he do? He just runs away. He runs well, away. Like, oh, he's <laughs> he, 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 like, I can't find a glass of water to throw in his face. So I'm just gonna cut that way. <laughs> he just throws some nacho cheese at oh, him, yeah. and then throws, throws a bunch of CDs at him. And... Oh, oh, jeez. Yeah, um, yeah. After the sandwich line, that was. You see, I like this about um, all of Paul's one-liners. They're Vinny jokes. Did you notice that? Like I'm making a set. That's a they're not even joke. jokes. He literally had one liners. <laughs> it was one word. Death. Death. Wrong. Wrong. Oh my god! <laughs> You're not kidding. I think he um, was paid by the word. Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah. Frank has his gun in front of him. He's right in line with the uh, oven door, and he slams the oven door down, which knocks the gun out of his hand. He skips, just skittles right past him into the living room where they him, have a tussle. I'll give him points for this. Frank beats the holy fuck out of Paul. Yes. Paul gets nothing in. Yes, which was what would happen in real life. And we get a nice, we get another death wish to call back because Frank's going in for the kill shot. Paul's got his back against some kind of tube operated machinery and he ducks out of the way and drop toe holds him into a tv that the screen was like eight feet up it was just a giant that was one of those giant like fucking hundred pound tvs oh more than a hundred yeah. pounds man the old school like uh, two tube tvs, TVs. Yeah. <laughs> smashes his face into it and then he like stumbles away and i guess he let they left the fucking sliding glass door open cuz he goes off the balcony <laughs> that's right he was just like so confused like oh my god i'm near death and he just wanders outside falls over we got the girlfriend downstairs she's lighting up trying to get her cigarette lit up and she's like i just wish frank would drop dead bang as if by magic it happens when it's right on the car and I, the think, cops I, I, I think Frank killed himself, though, because the TV got broke. I'd do that. If my TV broke, I'd be like, I can't cope anymore. I can't watch canon movies. I'm just jumping <laughs> off the nearest balcony. So I think, he's opposite. You know, yeah. We learned he's living on a budget by the, the, the place he lives at. I mean, he's like living in a tenement. And yeah, he's, he's dead. And Phil notices, he's a cop, so he notices a body landing on a, <laughs> a limo. Hmm, he's like, that? I better check that out. Yeah, they so like Phil one Phil or Reiner try to go in and see what's going on in the room above, and then the other one's staking out the door. But we know we know our man Paul. He slips out of he all just, these hairy he situations. Pulls up his collar, like, you know, disguise himself, and then Phil notices something. He notices him, and he sees him get into a blue Toronado that just parked right out front. Oh, okay. and he sees the lights, the the fucking vanity plates, a sexy stash on it, and he's like, "Hmm, why do I know a guy with a sexy stash?" Murder gets my dick hard. Was the other that was the bumper sticker. sticker. Yeah. It said murder. Yeah. Yeah. Honk if you murder people. <laughs> Honk if you like murder. Oh. So Paul, he's like, hmm, I'm going to file that away. Yeah. 
And he's gonna go. He's gonna go down to the theater. You know, I I hear the theater great, that only plays canon movies. That the best theater in town. It's got Runway Train that came out five years earlier, but it's still <laughs> oh, <yeah>. playing. <laughs> it's like Rocky Horror. Everyone comes to the Runaway Train show. Yep. <laughs> With their train whistles in tow. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, the Delta Force. Woo-hoo! Great time. The other good Chuck, Chuck yeah. Norris. He's yeah. awful. <laughs> So Nathan is in the theater for Othello. Yeah. Because he's a dignified man. He would be watching Shakespeare. And Paul sits up next to him and he sees this is his next mission. He's like, There's a fish cannery. It's a front. This is where all the drugs get processed. We need you to sneak in. I can do that. Yeah, and I, I kind of like the these little missions that he's going on as opposed to the stalking. Uh, it, right. It's, he's very it's enjoyable. Focused. But again, he is Mr. Fucking Magoo. Right. He's awful at it. Well, his his thing is well. He, well, he, uh, Nathan just said, "Going at lunchtime, they'll never notice you." <laughs> <laughs> Everyone there's Hispanic, but but him. And if anybody gives you any problems, just just show them the lunchbox, and they'll just let you in anyway. Exactly. You're a working man. Put on a jacket. Yeah, and carry a lunchbox. Yeah, it was like an overcoat or something. Yeah. And so he's in there. He's got his lunch pail. We learned, like, in, in two, he just puts on the doctor's coat. Everyone thinks he's a doctor. Yep. Everyone thinks he's a fish uh, merchant. And so they're in there. They're getting ready to usher everybody into the factory to start working. And Paul spots some rafters. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to go in those rafters. <laughs> so he's immediately noticed by some management. He's and noticed it- by Skinner from X-Files. <laughs> he does. Yeah. And he's just Skinner. like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. Oh, lunchbox, and that distracts the guy. He karate chops him in the neck. Yeah, he's like, "What's your name, pal?" And he says, "Oh, my name it's uh Dan Trejo. G- give me the glad hand." And they go out to shake, and he pulls him in, knees him, hits him over the head, just bonks him with that fucking metal damn lunchbox. He pulls out the gun, and then he puts it back in here because in a moment it's back in the lunchbox. Just to let you know what's in that lunchbox. We already figured it out he's got no other moves he's the worst spy in the world so he just stumbles into the back area where they do all the processing of the coke and again there's a manager like noticing him but slowly like but he's got a lunchbox so he looks like he should be there <laughs> no he doesn't. even though he's standing there staring through a door for 10 minutes he clearly does not yes. look like he's gonna be there yes Oh my god! It's so so. There's nobody in this part. There's like the guys in the office who notice him and very, very, very slowly make their way over to him and are surprised when they Every, see him. Everybody, all the guards here are like elderly, like like sixty year old guys. I guess it makes sense that they, somebody bronze and get kicked, or they're just high as shit and they think they're seeing things. <laughs> So there's one guy operating these two giant doors, and one guy like snuck in there. And I think I think Paul got a glimpse of what was in there. He's like, "That's yeah, he where the drugs are." They're opening up these tunas, and they're pulling out bags of coke. That's right. Is he that, sees them that, cutting is up. Is that the marble tunas. or concrete in that door? I got to find that one. Smells <laughs> 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 like worth some cherubs on each side of the doors. Yeah. Oh man. So I I like this because. Um, he goes over, and there's just the one guard who's operating, and it's just like a lever to open the doors. And Paul just goes up to the door, and the guy's like, hey, you can't go in there. And then he goes, lunchbox? And <laughs> shows him it. <laughs> oh, okay. He distracts you the guy. <laughs> what is this? How, how crap is that job, though? So what do you do for a living? I open the door, and I close the door. <laughs> I just I mean, else? Yeah. <laughs> just that. There, oh, there are 
doorman in the world. So I guess he would just say, I'm a professional so doorman. Paul just pulls out his Uzi and just starts firing. <laughs> yeah, because the guy comes from behind him. He's again, he's shocked that the man he saw a second ago is in the room, in fact. And he goes, hey, you can't be here. And he's got a gun, but he's still just like, I can't shoot this man. That lunchbox <laughs> is too beautiful or something. Because he's like, he thinks he's innocent. He's like, he obviously just got lost. He's at a lunchbox. He shows more restraint than the cops. He's like, let's <laughs> yeah. let's stop and yeah. ask and talk to this person. But yeah, he turns around and murders the fuck out of that guy. He just kills everybody in that room. He opens the door, shoots everybody, throws a bomb in there. Yes. It, oh, man. And then he starts killing everybody. Oh, all right. So now we're going to get a couple of little, little quick cuts here. We got Sergeant Phil, and he's uh, he's got a printout. That same printout of the nine cars with the license plates and the blue Toronado. And he circles uh, Paul Kersey. I was about to call him Jack Kersey. Circles Paul Kersey. And uh, yeah, he's like biting. Like he comes up, camera comes up, and he's like biting his thumb. He's like, what's going on with Phil? Like they already figured out it was Paul. They're, sus- or they're suspicious of him, but right. why is Phil suddenly surprised again or what well, I, I didn't know what this well, emotion well was. yeah he's like well he's like i finally got him it's got to be him yeah this is sexy stash yeah he's the only guy that has sexy stash on a license plate <laughs> so we're like all right he's got him and then we see he shows up at ed uh, zacharias's place we're like, what's going on here bill is on the take griff bill is a crooked cop yeah and ed is just like hey you know what i'm done with this guy just off him he's like i don't do that you do now. So, yeah, Phil's going to have to go kill him. And sure enough, that night, Phil, he's a go-getter. This is why Phil is where he is in life, because he doesn't wait and plan things out. He he magoos his way into it as well. He's just like Paul in that way. So he shows up at Paul's work, and we, we know from Death Wish 2, or Death Wish 1, Actually, I think in all the Death Wish movies, he's burning the midnight oil. Yes. Oh, okay. Just still trying to decide. Like, well, because all his person. days spent in killing people, he's still got like responsibilities. He's still got deadlines. I mean, I guess for this movie, it makes more sense. Because it was at night he was always going around killing people. And now he's uh, doing it in the daytime. Right. And he's still just walking away. Right. Explosions. People seeing him. Everything. He's easy to identify. Sexy mustache. Leather face. No one... Uh, He's invisible. He's invisible. Anyways, Paul, he's at his office working. Marble, giant glass, concrete, wood. I still can't decide what what to go with. He's going through the fucking flip flip. Saving sheets. the hills. Saving the hills. Bulldozing the hills. Just can't decide. Trying to find Bill a gets... new maid. <laughs> Guy is Bill, busy. Bill confronts him, and he's like, "Hey, I know it's you. You're gonna die, Mister." Pulls out a gun. Yeah, he wants he wants to know who Paul's been working for, and he's like, "Well, I work here in <laughs> up building twenty two A. I'm an architect. My no. wife's dead. I mean, who are you working for? I work for architect. <laughs> work Concrete, for architect. marble, <laughs> cherubs. I'm making a sandwich." <laughs> <laughs> I wish he had the lunchbox and he just tapped it with his fingers or something. <laughs> And that lunchbox is much of a distraction that he shoots him right through his fucking table. His, his Paul, sh- table. <laughs> Paul shoots Phil. Yeah, Paul shoots Phil in the heart. Wait, does he have his gun, though? Because he's in the office. He's doing a nice little architectural drawing or designing a new milk carton or something. And you don't see him <laughs> reaching for a gun. So it's obviously sat because... on his easel. 
just like, no, oh we, my god, what what's going on? What we learn is that he, like he gets his dick cards. He's just rubbing a gun against his dick and shit, like while he's doing his work. I that's how I read it too. And that's what luck would have it. He needed it, so yeah. yeah. He he did the money shot all over Phil. I'm surprised he didn't accidentally shoot when he was spooked by Phil because he probably thought he was all alone, you know, to do his mature shootulation. <laughs> yes, what you just said there. Oh. Projectilation. And he just dumps Phil's body into the fucking like park. Like, At least he didn't leave it just sitting there in the office like he did Rosario in his house. I'm just glad Phil came when he was like everybody else went home because he really murders a guy at his office. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't out himself in front of everybody. Well, I guess he could have been there. On the official and what did he do with the blood on the carpet? He just left it there. He's just, yeah, catch up. You know. Right? He he probably doesn't <laughs> even he left. He, he opened up. <laughs> he opened up that, his that, lunchbox but... and laid it there and made it look like ketchup and was like the perfect crime. So I'm guessing that building doesn't have 24 hour security then carrying, you know, poor old Phil out going, good night. <laughs> security guard. He's Ever since dead. the death of Rosario, cleaning has been like hard in LA. <laughs> she, she, she worked for about 100 of the 250 people. I'm sure he could have pulled the commando line if he went by a security guard. My friend here is dead tired. Dead tired but yeah. I'm also realizing that. Paul doesn't realize Rosario is dead. So he's probably saying Rosario will clean that up tomorrow. Like that's probably his you know, his go to at all he the still time. Thinks Rosario's alive. Yeah, so he's <laughs> yeah, exactly. six, years, six years later, it's like, where is she? <laughs> two to five years. Two okay. to five five yeah. to two years. Five to two years. <laughs> five to two yeah. years. Because we, we did learn earlier they get the years wrong with the first two movies when the cops are talking. They like, went nineteen seventy five, no, seventy four when the first happened. Nineteen eighty one. It's like, no, it was nineteen eighty two is when the second one It happened. was the winter. Maybe there was a New Year's Eve, so it was uh seventy four into seventy five. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like, Reiner's at the scene with Lieutenant. He's like, I know it's that fucking Cursey guy. Hey, leave that shit alone. Yeah, he had to have figured out the, the vigilante. He circled it on this paper. There's a there's a fingerprint and a nail clipping. It's got to be it. He always bites his nail when he figures out who is a vigilante murder. So, Ed, he's sweating now. It's all, you know, it's like, is it the fucking Romero brothers? Is it this fucking vigilante? I don't fucking know. I, I I believe this is when he's starting to actually kind of piece it together. He's like, "There's there's too much happening right now. Ed's lo- or I'm losing my guys. Jack's losing his guys. Like something something's up." And so uh, he gives uh, Jack a call, and he's like, "Look, why don't you come over? I'm gonna get another one of those nudie cakes we love so much. I'll let you lick the candle this time, and uh, we'll talk. We got We got to talk about something serious." And he's like, "I'm not coming over." But the cake sounds good. Why don't we meet in the oil fields? I'll bring the cake. And I'll lick the nip. Sounds good to me. So they so, agree to meet at the oil field. And it's a good thing. And that, we see Paul like listening Yeah, in. I was just going to say, Paul, of course, even in his Magoo-like way, he did manage to get the recorders in there or transmitters, whatever. Ritz crackers, whatever he threw in there. They work. So they show up. Each have their, their goon squads with them. Yeah, Jack was like, I'll go, but I'm bringing my men. So they both have like a dozen guys all armed to the teeth. And we so we see they're meeting up. We see Paul in the background with a fucking giant ass fucking assault rifle with a scope on it. Jeez, that thing was huge. And he's looking through the scope at everything. 
Got a great readout in there, digital readout, telling them exactly the chance of the person dying immediately upon uh, impact. Really nice. And he's wait. Paul's just waiting. He's letting he's he wants these guys to be at each other's throats before he shoots. Right. Because he's still trying to keep it, you know, a turf war. Yeah. Well, the, we, we got Jack, who's like the lead Romero brother. He's like the smart one. But Tony's the hothead. He's yeah. like, I know you're fucking behind this, Zacharias. I know you fucking are. It's like, I ain't, I'm not doing it. I brought a cake for fuck's sake. How can I be behind anything? And just as he says that, Kersey's like, this this is my time to make my move. And he shoots Jack in the arm with the, the fucking sniper rifle. And Tony's like, I fucking know it. And they all just start opening fire on each other. It is insanity. There's people dying. Uh, Paul's taking a couple pop shots in there just just for fun. Like he's trying to let these guys kind of solve it themselves. But every once in a while, like he's like, I got to kill this guy. It's just too funny. And then uh, he sees Ed, who's running away. Uh, with, Jack gets blown away. He yeah, gets killed. Yeah. Like as far as I could tell, maybe one mobster got away in the car or something. But. It was Ed all by himself, and Paul sees that. And so he lets him run a little bit just to tire himself out, and then he shoots him in, like, the ankle, I think. She's, like, in the kneecap. I kneecap. Saw. Well, that'd be well, worse. What was the driver called? Because Ed kept going, nah, nah, <laughs> I, did, I didn't get that either. Nah, You're right. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're right. I didn't know what the fuck he was saying. I was like, nah, nah, nah. I, was like, what? I thought I was watching Rocky 1 there. <laughs> Yeah. I forgot all about and, that. And, and the thing is, they could have totally picked him up. He, he's the boss, and he's take off. That's right. They did. There was someone who drove. Oh, jeez, yeah. that's too funny. And then Paul just leisurely walks up to him, and he's like, "Who, who are you?" He pulls. He pulls out a picture of Erica, and that. Well, that, he recognized him. He's like, like "We Leo. met in Idaho, <laughs> Boise, Idaho." Leo, the waiter. And he's like, recognize this. He's like, I don't know who the fuck that is, you know. And then he just shoots him for that. He's just like, all right. So we get a we get a nice little cut here of the police station, and Paul has mission accomplished. Some, Griff, the both Romero brothers and, and all the mobs. Are, are, yeah, the mobs. No more drugs are gone from L.A. now. Exactly. And Paul has loosened his lawyers on the police department for getting too close to him. So. Again, Rainer's captain is telling him, like, stay the fuck away from Kersey. His lawyers are down our throats, and we got nothing on him. Got nothing. So it's a perfect crime. End of movie, right? Credit me. That was a good show, guys. <laughs> Woo! I'll finish. Paul, Paul Kersey can go and do, go to another city, Chicago. He can, he can go back home to his girlfriend and marry her. Well, no, now he has over. to go back to New York. Remember, he goes. Oh, yeah, LA he just travels York. coast to coast. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hear Portland's pretty rough because there are riots like every fucking day apparently in Portland. So maybe he needs to go there. Maybe. So he's ready to like just finish up everything with uh, Nathan. So he goes to Nathan's place and he's like, I need to talk to Nathan. Mattingly from, uh, what was that fucking movie we did? Uh, Black, that was Black Belt Jones? Or no, Cleopatra Jones. Cleopatra Jones answers in his yellow uh, chauffeur suit. Like, Mr. White will not see you. It's like, I'll, you'll see me now. Pull the gun. Pull the gun on this motherfucking guy. He's working for Nathan White. He's yeah. put the gun on him. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll take you. And then, I, I think what we're seeing here is he hasn't returned to Karen in a long time because Karen has completely disappeared from this movie. She's so into the weeds of her uh, investigative journalistic piece on drugs 
that she has like disappeared from this movie. Well, he has not gotten out all like he needs to level off his uh, murder boner right now by getting a little action with Karen. So he needs to tame himself, but he hasn't. That's why he's pulling his gun on everybody. Is he's he's overdosed on murder, Murray. That's what's happened. Well, actually, I got ahead of myself because they meet. They, he's going to meet up with Nathan at like some some place, like off the beaten track. Yes, and there's a limo. And yes. He's thinking Nathan's in there. They were they were told we're not going to meet at the house anymore. We're going right. to meet at this location. Right. He arrives there. And uh, yeah, Mattingly was just there waiting for him in right. this beautiful yellow outfit. Stands right. out like a sore thumb. And he's just like, oh, we're going to take you over there. So go ahead. Get on in. He gets in. This was the most suspicious like set. <laughs> oh, my, my God. I was just like, oh, shit. What's <laughs> happening here? Yeah. Like, just get in here, and then we'll take you there. And then he, he, Paul gets in, closes the door, and then he leisurely walks away from Paul. That's great. So Paul's looking through the window like, what the, what the fuck's going on? Guy Mattingly gets in another car and takes off. He must have spotted like Yours are slowly turning in Paul's head. Like, maybe something's going on here. Nick? Nick! <laughs> Nick! Where's where's Nick! my sandwich? <laughs> he's, just, he's just yelling, nah! Nah! <laughs> and then he just, and, it, and then he, he's like, maybe I should leave. So he goes to open the door. It's locked. Of course it's locked. And he just shoots out the back window, <laughs> slowly crawls out because he's an old man. He's like, he's rolls, does a fucking roll off the back of the <laughs> thing. <laughs> like, does that little old man walk, run away, and then the thing blows up. What was that and, one timer uh, on? Like 15 minutes or something? Wouldn't you say for like, well, right, as soon as I get in that car, I'm going to detonate the bomb. No, let's set it for 20 minutes. <laughs> walk in front. So that, so that Paul Kersey can see me leaving, and then he'll stay in the car for another five minutes. That was the worst bomb detonation I've ever seen. Paul did hit the snooze alarm on the, on the time <laughs> bomb. So it gave him nine extra minutes. Uh, so I guess Paul walks there. I don't know how he arrives. Well, his car was okay. Oh, yeah, he, he yeah. gets his Blue Tornado back. Right. Why did he never switch cars? Like, uh, Anyways, Blue Tornado drives it over to where he met Nathan the first time. Right. And he knocks on the door, and there's, like, an unbeknownst uh, doorman waiting for him. That's Manningly again. It was Manningly again? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was a different guy. Yeah. I don't know. It was a, it was Because a, he was like, what, what, what are you fucking doing here? And he's like, I'm here to see the man, Mr. White, Nathan. He's like, we don't know you. No, he, yeah, he says, yeah. He's like, no, he says, Mr. White won't see you. Oh. And he's like, he'll see me now. That's when he pulls out, like I said earlier. He pulls the oh, gun out. Okay. I got ahead of myself. And then he barges his way in, and then there's this crazy old coup. He's like, I'm Mr. Ne- I'm Mr. White. He's like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. And I can't like, murder him, and I want to murder. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, holy shit, John P. Ryan? Mr. White? He's uh, actually good at going undercover, unlike uh, our man uh, Paul, who is the worst undercover. So... Paul, he's confused. He just gets into the tornado and just goes home. He's like, I'm going to go home. Well, he tries to get home. He gets fucking arrested. Right. He gets pulled over. Like, around the block. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And the cops pull him over, and they're like, Mr. Kersey, we're arresting you for the death of these drug dealers. Yeah. They put him, they handcuff. Give him the longest chain on that Longest chain. He resists, and so instead of cuffing him behind, they cuff him in front. (laughs) Right. And then they put him in the car, where, and 
Paul's just like sitting here, and I don't remember what they said. I think they said, remember, we can't go to Vinny's, you know, because we're not allowed there because they're part of the mob. They're working with the mob too. And so he hears them say we can't go to Vinny's. He's like, I knew these guys were no good because Vinny loves cops. Right. So Paul just starts kicking out the, the cage in the back. Caps, caps are, they're just like, they don't know what to do because he's white. So they're like, shit, if he's black, I would just shoot him immediately. So they're confused. They don't know what's going on. Isn't the, this the best in every movie when a guy kicks out the back of a cop car and the cops are just like, all right, I don't know what to do. Why did the I'm cops lose- keep driving? Or why don't you just pull over and just punch him through the window? <laughs> Anything. Let's speed up and go around a corner while this guy's kicking in the grill. No. You can Idiots. clearly see the ramp that they had set up by the car that they <laughs> run can. into. And then it disappears <laughs> on the shaft. Or you're like, who? Who moved that ramp? So we get the nice like <laughs> flip over on the on the on the top of the car. Like flips over. Paul somehow is fine. He's like elder. He's the oldest motherfucker <laughs> in this car. This, this had to be him getting out of the car because no man could make it look so perfectly just old man trying to crawl his way out of a bad situation. He did such a good job in this scene. Bravo, Paul. Or, uh, I should say Charles Bronson. That that was perfect. He uncuffs, he uncuffs himself and goes straight to home. <laughs> so now we get, this was like the greatest, like, like acting job I've ever seen, like from one character to another. Yeah, we don't get to see the transition. Band-Aid ripped straight off. John P. Ryan shows his true colors. He's a scumbag drug dealer. He does have the white hair and white stash, though. He does still have that, but he has got gold jewelry mm. everywhere. We, we can tell. It, it screams drug dealer. I'm like, Paul, I mean, Paul, John mm-hmm. P. P. is for, for perfection. Ryan, mwah! He's got the fucking Jean-Claude Dockers on up to his nipples. He's got a members-only jacket. It just screams drug dealer to me. He's and, got the uh, bit of hair that flicks over his forehead now, so the hairstyle's changed a bit, so that's how we know right. it's Oh, okay. He's constantly grabbing his dick like a drug dealer would do. <laughs> sure. And he's just swearing every other week. He's a motherfucking motherfucker. We're like, this guy's street. Holy shit. I love how we set up the third act here because, yes, we have the Band-Aid removed. We get uh, enlightened to Paul Paul Ryan's real – Paul, Paul Ryan, what? <laughs> John I'm, P. Ryan. John P. John, Ryan. Wow, Jack okay, Ryan. I don't know. Hunt for an October. Oh. Dealers, whatever. Oh, oh boy. Seacrest. So <laughs> he's got people from both of the gangs working for him now, both the mobs working for him now. And he's uh, conducting everything. He's pulling all the strings. Well, we learned that there weren't two gangs running the drugs. There were three gangs. Yeah. And he's the kingpin he's, of that third yeah. gang. So he was hiding in the in the weeds, and uh, he saw his moment, and he struck, and he, he got a home run because he took out both other mobs. Right. He let Paul Kersey's lust for murder do his work for him. He and, took out. Oh, my God. He took out two of the biggest drug dealing families by using a single 63-year-old pensioner or 68-year-old pensioner. I wonder if he was trying to get Paul killed, too, because all of his acts uh, uh, leading up to this have failed miserably. He's caught multiple times. He, he, you know, he's nearly killed. Everybody fucking knows Paul Kersey and he's involved with he's around all these murders that have happened for the past 20 years. And Nathan is still like, great work. We got to get you right back out there. (laughs) Like he was trying to get him killed because he was like he was threat. I mean. Uh, uh, Nathan wasn't a spring chicken himself. Like he probably looked like he was fifty, or you know, s- still not too old, but definitely 
a little older. Anyways, but not only that, we also noticed that Tupac, Tupac, <laughs> and Tupac, Tupac, Tupac's in it. Whoa, <laughs> he did the music. <laughs> are working for him too. And remember, he was giving info to Karen because Karen just disappeared for the last hour. Like I said, uh, just just yeah. a minute ago. So he's like, "Hey, that Paul Kersey, he's with Karen. We can use her as a hostage." And uh, yeah, there we go. We're going straight to the kidnapping. Tuvok goes right out to the streets. Hey, yeah, I got more information for you. You're gonna have to meet with me over here, and then they they kidnap her. Yeah, they kidnap her. So, so they don't waste any time with Karen in this movie. She's in for the first few scenes, and then she is gone, and then she gets kidnapped. So Paul must have hitchhiked. He walked. I don't know. He finally gets home. This is also a death wish bit. Yes, it he, is. He should have had a little cold or something. <laughs> Sniffles. Yeah, because Reiner's sitting there. Because we every death wish movie, a cop breaks into somebody's house. And he confronts him. And he's like, hey, Paul Kersey, you're the only guy with a blue tornado. It's a sexy stash. I know you're the vigilante. And you killed my partner. Bill was dirty. He was two weeks away from retirement. There's no way he was dirty. And uh, I in this little fight here, Ryder actually gets um, Paul pinned down. He bitch slaps Paul. Yeah. And so Paul is just like, I don't know what to do in this situation. And once again, just like the first scene, saved by the bell. Phone call comes in. He's going he's gonna to reach for the know. phone. But Ryder's like, no, no, no. Wait. <laughs> let the machine get it. And Nathan is calling him right. and he's like, hello, Mr. Corsi, I have your lady friend here. And she shrieks he, out. He, he, he basically gives an alibi to Paul. Like everything. Every, every I'm responsible for every drug deal that's going on in LA. <laughs> good job killing the other guys. You know, everything. Which is a really then, good thing to leave on a recording device. I think, I think yes, a, a, yes. a big drug kingpin would probably go, hey, I'm going to leave a message. Hey, I'm, a, I'm in charge of all the drug traffic in your city of 500. And I'm, uh, I'm just confessing to kidnapping. I and mean, better in concrete, so shove it. I, <laughs> I mean, today people have cameras in their pockets and they film themselves committing crimes. So right. it's yeah, just, yeah. well, yeah, he's so high, like he's like I've outsmarted everybody. Yeah. So yeah, he's riding high, and I don't know. I couldn't. I didn't notice any of this because I was mesmerized by a painting that was in the background. Yes, that painting. There's a painting. Well, I'll probably put a picture of this up. It looks like a midget Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> and a pit bull. Yes. <laughs> like, it was so like like a sore thumb. Like, what is going on with that painting? Like, I was mesmerized. I didn't know what happened. I'm glad you wrote down what happened in the scene, Griff. I didn't know. Yeah. So Paul actually runs over to the phone because once he hears Karen's voice, he freaks out. And Reiner allows it to happen. He grabs the phone. Karen! Karen! Dial tone. And then he turns over to Reiner and fucking bitch slaps him with the phone. Right. It's like, that'll knock you out for a while. If he had the lunchbox, he probably would have bopped him over the head with that, too. But he's like, I got I got guns to grab. And Goes to the kitchen where there's two for refrigerators. <laughs> kind of odd. But I guess he's got one for, like, soft drinks and whatnot. One for non-fat milk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just milk. One for fat milk and one for skim milk. Yep. I'm starting <laughs> to think maybe he had the clockwork orange milk, and that's why he was, doing, plus? Yeah, he was doing some crazy shit. Well, he is into ultraviolence. The yeah. only thing he's not into, and I won't say the word, the dirty R. Right. Well, he's into punishing people for it. So And dreaming about kind it. Of an, and a, then there's the other dirty R in his life, Rosario, who <laughs> he still thinks alive and is cleaning off his messes. They pulls the fridge away, and there's like an arsenal behind that. 
pulls out his gigantic fucking cannon with a grenade launcher on it. Yes. And he's ready to fucking destroy. Oh, so it just so happened that Reiner also heard where, you know, they were going to meet up and exchange Karen or whatever they were going to do. So he's got the he's got it in his head as well. And he's kind of stirring awake. I mean, again, Paul is 80 and he just hit him with the phone. He didn't bop him with a lunchbox. So, of course, he's got to come to in like a minute or three. Anyways, the meetup is at a parking garage. I I wonder if this was the parking garage that Cannon owned. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of parking it was garages the same one as the dream sequence, wasn't it? Right. I, I like, I've yeah. seen the yeah. same one. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's also the same one that the Highlander uh, <laughs> yeah, goes crazy is. in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they got a lot of mileage out of this parking garage. <laughs> I'm gonna get, I didn't realize there was so much utility. I'm going to buy up one of the Illich parking lots in Detroit <laughs> just to film movies. And so... He shows up, and the plan is just shoot, like, ram the, Paul's car and kill him. And, and like, that's the plan. Yeah. But Paul's on to that. He's not new to this game. So he gets out of the car. I already put, puts a brick on the fucking gas pile. I, I don't no know idea. what. But the car, you can clearly see Paul's nose in the car. Yeah. Except the bad guys can't see that. They panicked. Tuvok and, uh, and Nathan are just chilling in their car. The car rolls in. A van with a bumper sticker that says, I love New Wave on it, slams into the car, and then the guys get out. The, the one Mexican guy was very scared to shoot his gun. You notice it? He was like, eh, like his eyes were like. There's oh. always, I've noticed this in all of our action movies. There's always one guy who's like, ah, oh, and <laughs> it does that. And so I thought, it, I was like, that would be a perfect role for Branscombe Rich, Richmond. But no, it was not. And they just unload, like empty, like five million bullets into the car. And then you hear, hey, that's it. You just hear, hey. <laughs> and then he just starts. Um, I sandwich. What? <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> Lunch. Does he, what did he, he use a grenade at the van, right? Is that it? Yeah. I blinked on this scene. This what, is what the happened? Scene. I short. blinked. Yeah, there's a grenade. You think it was a grenade? I'd take the Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. And fucking, uh, I, uh, Nathan gets out. Tuvok goes, I'm out of here, and takes off. Another grenade launcher hits Tuvok. Another horrible dummy that you can see in the car. <laughs> so apparently it's the parking garage slash roller rink because yeah. uh, Nathan grabs Karen and takes her up to this roller well, the rink. The streets are so bad. You can't be out on foot, so you got to be able to get in your car really quickly. Right. And we learned that any place where children hang out with, that's where all the drug selling. Arcades, roller rinks. So it makes it's a perfect. Yeah. Not Sesame Street, though. That's not a drug infested. They're, place, they're different kind of kids. We, no, because we learned Maria <gasps> from Sesame Street was in part one. Oh, that's right. So it's, it's everywhere, dude. Damn. So as we have all these kids rolling, you know, roller skating around, arcade machines are fired up, popcorn just, just lined up. It's free. Just come and get it, kids. Come and get it. And uh, go for the popcorn, leave with the crack. That's how they get you. <laughs> Just hide I was cr- watching Bronx up. Warriors, though, with this roller rink. I'm like, yes, we've got there this we go. roller skating gang from Escape from the Bronx. Yeah, <laughs> so, there we go. Gold bowler hat. Oh, man, I yeah. want that. So there's all these bystanders in here. Bronson peeks his head in the door, spots a man in a suit, and he's like, that's definitely a guy I can murder. Why would an adult be at a roller rink? Yeah, so you know, in a suit. <laughs> Well, he's not going to question it for an extra second, so he shoots the guy, and uh, yeah, everyone starts freaking out. 
and now we got as you would, as you probably would. Paul is just Nathan. It just went to a back room and he's hiding with Karen. Yeah, he's like slapping around a little bit, just right. like you. Where are we gonna go hide? I don't know what to do anymore. Your boyfriend is a murdering machine. Right. Mr. Magoo, when it comes to spying, when it comes to killing, he's Rambo. He's Rambo. Yeah. So he's just opening fire in a crowd. Somehow he's only hitting the bad guys. So I don't know where Paul goes into this, but okay, I know that Nathan walks out with Karen. It's empty now. And he's got, you know, obviously a gun to Karen's head and Paul and him finally kind of face up here. But Nathan has a ace up his sleeve because he's got a guy walking in from behind him. He's got an ace up his sleeve that he has a fucking fog machine that's like, <laughs> it's like fucking conquest. <laughs> it's like you can't see anything. Can I just say, though, that shot when Charles Bronson walks out in an ice rink and all the fogs behind him, that is genuinely a beautiful camera shot. I love yeah. that joke. I would have that on a poster, <laughs> and I may well have it on a poster, but I'm not going to confess to that because then I would be going, "Yay, vigilantes!" But, uh, no, I genuinely <laughs> love that shot. It's super cool. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, that was a good one. And so Nathan's trying to distract them by, "We're, we're the same, you and me. We're partners." <laughs> and while well, he's he trying to kill me five times, how are we partners? <laughs> and Come you've on. got my girlfriend. He's now. desperate. Okay, yeah, he doesn't know yeah. what to do. Grasping for straws. Yeah. And while he's distracting Paul, we see one of his goons sneaking up on Paul. Paul looks up at the mirror, sees him, turns around, shoots that guy. Well, I mean, this is Nathan's uh, M.O. He's so good at slipping out of situations. Right. Even with Karen, he's, he manages, in the second it took Paul to turn and murder that man, manages to slip out. He did fire a couple shots at Paul as well, so Paul kind of hid for a second there. Anyways. So they're outside now, and they're just... It doesn't look like this place was anywhere close to a roller rink. This it's like looks, on a roof of a building, it looks like. I don't know what was going it, on. It was like a plaza in between office buildings. It looked like the plaza that Trouble Man was running Yes, I was, tr- I was trying <laughs> yeah. to come up with the movie. I'm glad you got it. It looked like that exact plaza. And so it they're looked, out in the... It, it looked like the same plaza that was used in Heat as well for that gun battle where Tom Sizemore gets shot in the head when he uses a child as a hostage. I'm going to go back and check that, but it looked looked similar. Well, many people see this movie inspired heat, so, you know. I can believe it. (laughs) So, this, oh, man, Karen, she's she's almost home. She's almost home free, guys. She's she's about to be a girlfriend of Paul Kersey that gets away. This happens, but rarely. So Nathan's telling him, he's like, I'm going to kill her. Yeah. He's letting him know. Karen's just got to play it cool for a little longer. Paul, Paul's got something figured out. But Karen freaks out and she says, I'm an investigative journalist. You can't do this to me. Turns around, eye gouges Nathan and books it. She doesn't get very far because <laughs> no. we're in an open plaza. And Nathan doesn't take too kindly to that. Maybe now that his eyes have been gouged, he, he's trusting his shot instead of trying to see his shot. Because he fucking nails her. Yeah, he hits her about 50 times in the back. Yeah. And then he's like, I told you I was going to kill her. I mean, he, in, his, in his defense, he did tell Paul he was going to kill her. Yes. But you can't really blame him. I don't blame him. And then no. Paul just nonchalantly just shoots a grenade at him and play, <laughs> just like the end of this with three. Yeah. Blows him up. It was, that was great. We need to get a shot of that dummy. I'm sure that one looked great. <laughs> that, that was a cool looking dummy, that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh. 
And then somehow Reiner shows up. Like he knew to go here. Yeah, I told you. Well, Reiner heard. Grenades going off, and you know all the roller rink people. But he's the only cop grenade. that shows up. <laughs> well, he knew to be in that place by the roller rink. They couldn't have been that far from the roller rink. And when you hear gunshots, you're gonna know it. So okay, all right, I buy it. So he was there. He he pulls out his gun on Paul, and he you know stop right there. I'll shoot. And Paul just walks away from him. He goes, go ahead. And, we, yeah, we get that beautiful slow here. sack starting in. Lethal weapon sacks playing. Yeah. Do whatever you have to. And he's just walking over a bridge by himself into the moonlight. And Reiner's just like, I, I can't kill a guy that sad. Should have fired a couple shots. I can't shots. even arrest him. Fire some shots go. into the air and screamed out in agony. But it's great that he let him go, Griff, because that leaves us for Death Wish 5. Death Wish 5, <laughs> Yes, people. <laughs> Death Wish. First of all, thank you again for being here with us, Stuart. You you're know, welcome. you were our first. You're our you're our favorite until we talk to our next guest. Not kidding. Always great to talk to you. You're my favorite host until tomorrow night. So it's fine. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we're on an even playing field. I I had to watch Death Wish Four twice this week because I watched Death Wish Four in preparation for this. Then I listened to your uh, Death Wish 1 show, I think, where you were talking about number 3. And I thought, oh, I want to watch number 3 again. So I watched number (laughs) 3. And then I thought, well, I might as well watch number 5 because I've not seen that in a few years. So I watched that. And then earlier on today, and I'm like, I can't remember what happened in Death Wish 4 now. I am literally (laughs) going to show up and go, yeah, Death Wish 4. And the the models and the the dresses get cut and the acid bath. And I'm like, no, that was 5. So I had to rewatch Death Wish 4 just to refresh my brain. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> well, you're welcome for all the for your nice little jog through Death Wish memories. Cause yeah, you're sounds- you're actually this is the whole point of why we're doing Death Wish Month. So I'm glad it's paying off, girl. We're actually having people watch these yeah. fucking movies. <laughs> that's not people usually don't do that. I'm redoing my house. I don't know whether I'm going to go marble or concrete, but I'm 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 just going to decorate <laughs> my house to to look like a Golan Globus theater. Hey, as long as you have cherubs on each side of your door. <laughs> there you go. Facing each other. Bad luck if they're facing the other one. Okay. I'll make sure. All right, Griff. So we're going to, this has been a great, once Stuart, another great episode. I don't know who's going to be leaving because everyone has been bringing their A game this past month. Maybe it's going to be next week. I don't know because we're doing, finishing off Death Wish Month with Death Wish 5. And Griff. I've, I've never seen it. I'm the so premise of Death Wish 5. They finally deal with the scummiest people on the earth. Fashion people. Oh, geez. I was yeah. rifling through like a hundred different things in my head. You know, And you know, we you can tell by the way me and Griff dress, we don't know anything about fashion. So I had to make a call. I had to call somebody in who knows our, our fashion person that we know. Everyone's favorite. The only female. <laughs> well, no, we have a couple females. She doesn't even listen. But... You know where you love her. Taffeta V is going to be in the studio. I don't, she's not going to be in the studio, but she's going to be on for next the final episode. So check that out. Let's be finished with a fucking bang. Death Wish 5 next week. See you all then. Keep it warm. <laughs>